Welcome to Facehammer. This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Right, welcome to Facehammer episode 12. I'm joined by Terry the Crutchweaver, Les Liberator Martin, and Byron Fish Ord. And I'm Russ and the Face Russ, Veal. You just push paint about Veal. Yeah, with just a brush until it looks right. Fucking <laughs> pro is what I am. Um, so, yeah, we're recording again and we have a full house. Yay! Yep. I apologise for my slightly snotty. Yeah, Byron is here, but he is ill and slightly hyper, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's just sickness. People have been just too professional recently, so I thought I'd come and sort of shit out. Yeah, we've never been accused of that. <laughs> so, so this show is probably going to be a little bit focused around comp and discussions on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into all of that and Clash of Swords and our practice games, um, I want to just talk about some of the new releases and some of the products we've been experiencing ourselves. So um, I, I think probably start off with our what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks with hobby and um, what products we've had and and what we think of them. So, Mr. Nose, Combat Gauge, Martin, what have you been up to hobby-wise? Hobby-wise, um, I've been kind of putting together a lot of my the the Stormcast army that I've got. Going but you're on. not you're not in. You're I know, out, right? I know. Yeah, I know. I I'm kind of still. I've got the army. I'm still putting it together. I've I've kind of sort of turned the corner with it. I think. Is it you would say to me? You were like, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this Age of Sigmar thing. I'm not sure. I've just put my Stormcast Eternals together. I've got my combat gauge on. Um, I'm just not <laughs> sure about it. It's like, dude, you're already in it. You- <laughs> I, I think it's because I've not played. I've played a couple of games, and I, I kind of think that the the reason I was a little bit out was more to do with not wanting to rebase a lot of my old stuff. And I think it looks cool on circle bases, and I don't want to do like the square base thing. But I mean, that's di- that's a conversation for a different day. But um, t- to be honest, I've been sort of putting together, trying to paint the, the Stormcast army. I'm I've, I've trying to continue painting them to the same level as my, my sort of like my entry for the Paint Hammer blog post that we were talking about, like in the last episode. Nice. Is that, is that painful? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we, we vaguely covered the fact doing a test model of a single model and making it all it could be and then doing an army. Is... Shouldn't be a trooper either. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like, your test model should. What, be a character? Well, if it's going to be a trooper, act like it's a trooper. Otherwise, <laughs> do a character because then when it's like all the others, but with more steps and more highlights and more contrast, that's cool because it's, it's a centerpiece. Um, but if you just do it on. Like, we'll come around to what I've been doing recently. Like, but if you just do it on a normal dude, like the chap from White Dwarf, uh, then potentially that's, that's setting the bar pretty high for the future. It's going to break me, I think. But I mean, I, <laughs> you, you could you could always scale it back and do mm-hmm. a, a simplified technique. Yeah, but... and just stand that one at the front of the unit every time. It's it's not so much that. I think the problem I've got is that the single sort of like the Liberator guys, I'm actually going to really enjoy painting because once I get into doing sort of like the armor, that that that's is quite quick. It's the rest of the the sort of dudes that you get in the box, like the 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 prosecutors and the lightning hammer guys. There's just so much gold trim and not that much turquoisey green teal. 
that and basically what you're saying is you enjoy painting the green you hate painting the gold yeah um, and there's lots of steps yeah. um, and I, I'm not going to fucking I don't care how good those fucking flying things are there's only ever going to be three of them in my army because I just can't do it I, I honestly, lies I lies and I was as soon like, as you know they're good oof Boxes on order. This is okay. this is Les the Filth. I mean, what what armies? Just just remind listeners what armies you did in Eighth Edition. Uh, you're making me sound like a prick now, but I, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm just putting out the truth. Don't don't, don't back up your argument. You're just trying to get an argument backed up by facts, Rush. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah damn damn those facts. So so what was your what's your armies, Les? Just you know, just remind everyone. Just pick three of them or something. Just pick the different last three you did. The last Naval Chaos Warriors? Yeah. Warriors? Yeah. Demons and Dark Elves? Yeah. Yeah, and now you, you, you're doing the Stormcast Eternals, because they're yeah. the new Space Marine filth. It's, I'm trying so to Les is all about bit, the game, really. I'm a bit, I'm a bit shit, yeah. so if I take filth, then I might bit not shit. be as shit. <laughs> that's, that's, Are you basically saying you're trying to polish a turd by giving yourself a fucking crutch? Yeah. That's probably a good segue to talk about what Terry's been up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, funny to say that, I rebased Kairos on a round base, so my crutch is ready for Age of Sigma. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. You've yeah. re-crutched. I've re-crutched into the new edition, although he is not the crutch he once was. I think um, he's still pretty fucking good. He's still fair. pretty good, but we'll talk about that later. He, For hobby-wise, I've begun the, the process of basing what... That's 150, 200 models on rounds from squares. Um, I've ordered all the base packs in. I've started. So, so basically, what would be the epic troll now is if everyone just stopped playing Age of Sigmar, Games Workshop released. <laughs> well, then I've got a 40k demon army instead. Yeah, then. it's kind of the good thing about demons, I guess. Yeah. You can kind of just. And do I, it I don't really worry. want to play 40k. If fantasy does go tits up, I'm going to just sell the demon army as a 40k army and just move on with it and do something else but yeah well i don't think it'll go tits up but it's no, obviously so, going to happen but well, yeah i mean things are happening which we'll, we will cover but so hobby wise you're rebasing your demons and yeah. building um, some new stuff building some new shizzle because um, yeah, you sold flamers. all your demons i sold my and last you started army. from scratch and now yeah. you're redoing models that you had but you so you've done like how many Skull cannon five now is it? This is my fifth skull cannon. Uh, it's not a quick hit build either. Oh no! I'm, and I'm I, not... I lost one of the little bolts on it. Oh on right, it. yeah, because they've got these little weird bolts you stick the end of the bolt on, don't you? That you stick the little nut into like this little <laughs> placement hole for a bolt. Um, it's tiny, and I was scraping the mold line off of it, and it literally flung out of my hand into the air, and it's gone. The amount of times. So I cut off a piece of sprue, I shaved it round, and I stuck it in the hole. <laughs> I made I'm sure, a bolt. I'm yeah. sure it won't. People won't notice. Once, once it's covered in like a tin bits style, you know, mix with some silver over it, you'll and a wash, you'll never see it. So I'm gonna call you on it. Let's face it. That's not gonna be the least natural looking thing about that spacky kit, is it? No. Yeah, and this is the first time I've actually built it as the proper kit with the derpy Power Ranger head and the rolly wheels underneath. Because my other ones were converted to Juggernaut. Am I the only one that likes it? I don't mind it now I've built it. I think it's quite cool. It's fucking shit. Oh, shut up. It's How many not. have you got, Les? <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't mean like how good it was in the game. <laughs> no. What, you got two Les skull cannons? Power Gamer Martin. I've got two skull cannons, yeah. Because one that's all you could take, and that's bent. 
well, I wasn't even allowed to take two skull cans after. Mostly, no. Um, oh. oh, poor Les. Top leads. What about you, Byron? Have you been doing um, much hobby? Okay, so it's been... Madness? Uh, I've been doing a few things. So I reckon I have found uh, currently... So generally speaking, my hobby goes... Like, it bounces between two things. One is spending a lot of time on individual models, and then the other one is, like, when I get to when I get sick of that, I just really want to have a, an army done. I'm not sure if other yeah. people like that. Do you find this? Like, you'll... Yeah. It might just be the grass perpetually being green on the other side, but you're, you're bashing out a load of infantry or whatever, and all you want to do is paint one monster or one character. Um, at the moment, I'm painting a lot of non-massive monster models, but... I kind of found like the perfect Zen point, which is I'm painting up a Gilball team a speed paint, so I'm meant to be doing each model in an hour. I'm yeah, that's being... quite interesting. That I mean, I quite like the way you've done like obviously you're, you've done it before in our army, a limited palette. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's 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 something that would be quite interesting if we did a show expanded on that because we had a couple of requests after the hobby show for some more content like that. So yeah, I reckon that's it's good. It's... Something I've definitely got a lot to say about, whether it's relevant or not, is another matter. But it's it's a really interesting way to do things, and my my mm. plan for the future is I'm going to do, I do <laughs> every single model in the Gilball range in a limited black, white, and insert colour here palette. Uh, oh, okay, and the colour depending style. on the guild, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, entirely. Nice. Um, there's somewhere I might just try out something I want to. Like, there's no guild that's yellow, but I reckon that looks sick. Um, so I I might push that, but currently I'm doing. We could do it on the alchemists, I guess. Yeah, you could actually. They're orangey brown type, aren't they? Am I, well, am I no, wrong? No, no. You've got your. Well, they look good. They're green, but I think it would work with them. Um, um, yeah. The type of models that they've got. Uh, so currently I'm doing the butchers, uh, absolutely and unashamedly Sin City style, which is actually quite hard. Like trying to paint something to look like a cartoon is proving to be really fucking tricky. Um, but I'm liking it, and it's a headache that only lasts for an hour and a bit max, because I'm trying to do the models quickly. Uh, yeah, it it's, probably fits around your, your busy schedule at the moment as well. Yeah, it's quite nice. Like, So when I when I do get an evening where I start painting, what I've been doing is I've got these, which are... So I'm going to be speed painting the, this guild. It might change the next guild I do. I want, like, the Masons are going to be my guild that I try and do the best job on, because I think they're the best-looking guild. Um, so they might be. My plan for them is uh, blue NMM on their armor. Yeah, okay. Is the, is the color, and I'll try and do it really smooth and posh looking. Um, but these are these are speed paints. So I'll be like, I'll start painting. And if I've got more than an hour, then once I've done one of these figures and I'm warmed up, as you will, I've been spending time on one of the white dwarf stormcast dudes, who is probably about. Uh, I think it's probably about. It's coming up to twenty hours deep at this point. Yeah, you could have painted 20 Gilbert models in that time. <laughs> Sorry, just to, just to throw that in there. Yeah, but you, so um, you're, you're painting in terms of like Age of Sigma, then you're just painting that White Dwarf model. Are you looking at armies or thinking about what to do, or are you yeah, I can just feel waiting? My, I can feel my feet twitching, and um, I'm really imaginatively, I'm going to speed paint a Nurgle army, probably, because... Yeah, that's quite interesting. I know before you talked about doing Undead, but I guess with the Chaos... Is you know that at least it's not going to change dramatically in theme and look. Yeah, potentially. I, I think as you could do two side by side. I really like cute looking. Like when the Warband supplement came out for Fantasy ages ago, like yeah. two hundred to five hundred point one. Like the armies in that supplement were some of the best looking armies I've ever seen. I love that. I love that look. Absolutely, it's one of my favourite things about about the hobby and gives me like warm, kitty 
like, <laughs> I'm not going to carry on with that sentence. Warm Stop kids. that sentence <laughs> right now. Stop that right <laughs> now, <laughs> Wentworth. No. But, like, when you got into it as a kid and, like, all you could afford was, uh, like, uh, I don't know, say a box of knights, a box of infantry, one character. What, what then... you mean to say is, like, you've just bought some random box sets, put it together, and they're just in the box set minimums, and it, it's a smallish force, but it looks interesting, and there's lots of different things. But it's yeah, them arrayed skirmish style um, with yeah. Nice there's something about that that I that's that's there along with seeing like an assembled non-undercoated force on bases you, like I'm not sure if you guys have this as well but like when you see an entire army laid out in front of you just in bare plastic that's quite exciting and also that's um, impressive man when I look at like the storm all <laughs> haven't like, you yeah, literally like, just done that yeah yeah Do, <laughs> you just want to get depressed I'm currently doing that I haven't got to that point yet so I, mean, um, I really like those small scale things. So I might do the vampire one like that, but I'm going to be doing some painting lessons element coming up shortly, and I'm like I figure the I'm going to change the format of how I teach. So it's going to be an hour and a bit of teaching, and then what I want is for people to stay for two hours afterwards and just paint their shit and ask hmm. and ask questions if they've got them, so they can apply what they've learned. Oh, that's quite a good idea. So you do like almost like a um, a theory seminar style and then you do a two hour free paint with tuition yeah pretty much that's, that's quite interesting so what just if anyone's in that area then i mean what what kind of thing are you doing have you got tickets for this or is it, um, is it turn I up or? An element soon. I, I need to gauge popularity because we've got so we've just bought a shop airbrush and compressor so my my two things i paint in those lessons are i paint a plague bear and i paint something from the necron range to get like really organic uh, flesh and then right on the polar opposite of that is angular metal yeah futuristic yeah. panels and that things like that so they'll probably be probably be up on element soon uh, some people have asked about them uh, the other thing i would consider doing is a tyranid harpy model because i can do those really really fast mm. um, and then i could the idea is i'll start it i'll show them techniques on various parts of the model or models in the session then i will try and finish one of those models before everyone's gone home. Mm. So um, I quite like the um, tooted models because you've got that flesh and you've got the carapace. And yeah, it's quite an interesting thing. Oh, the, the harpy is a brilliant kit as well. You've got um, the nice membrane and stuff, haven't you, on the wings so you could try and sort of airbrush and stuff as well, can't you? So. Exactly. I've painted one before <laughs> in exactly the Nurgle scheme. So the idea is with the Nurgle army, I'll do it like while I'm. Se- I may as well be painting something that I want um, after the lessons. So I'll be doing them. Um, so, like, I will, I'm feeling myself getting twitchy feet towards that, but for now I'm quite enjoying, like, these, the, the, the limited palette Gilball models, I'm definitely learning doing those, and I like learning, like, they're, they're mm. really, they're quite hard, doing it in that time is, is really tricky. And yeah, so I think we were probably doing an easy for going into more detail on that, yeah. so, um, in terms of myself, then, um, what have I been up to? Basically, I've been throwing myself behind corn. And um, I have basically been building models, scraping mold lines, as as you like. Um, yeah, I decided to basically do a corn cool bloodbound army. I think it'd be quite interesting to round out my chaos collection because I've got quite a large amount of chaos models. I recently did a Nurgle army. I'd quite like to do corn with one of the gods I've never really done before. Um, I'm interested in painting red. I haven't done much painting red. Um, so that's another colour. Traditionally, most of my stuff tends to be on towards the black, blue, green, that kind of 
colour schemes and purples. And so yeah, I'm just doing that. I've built um, I built a few models, I've built some Skull Reapers, and and really really like this kit. Um, as long as you don't put the, the stupid unhelmeted heads on them, and um, just built some Raffmongers. Um, I've got my um, box set guys. I've built the Blood Warriors and Corvus Cole and uh, the Blood Secretor banner. And I probably need to get enough one of those. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> 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 I've built a uh, Blood Thirster. So I'm basically going to do some demons as well. So I've got some Blood Letters. I've got some Blood Crushers. Um, problem is, it's es- escalating rather quickly where I'm starting to think I need to get some Chaos Knights and put them in Corn Scheme and get some more Juggernauts. Because although I've already got Knights, I've already got Juggernauts. They're in the Black Snow Basin Scheme. And I'm having a bit of a dilemma. Do I rebase my old Warriors or do I keep them on Squares and just do all new stuff and rebase the Nurgle to- and put them on Rounds? And then, But then I'm quite tempted to rebase a lot of my old Black Warriors into like a Zinch Basing Scheme. And then I've got a mixture of um, of the gods. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm kind of, at the moment, I've not rebased any of my old models. I'm just putting together new stuff. And I'm probably going to take to Clash my warriors. And I'm probably going to take my old warriors on square bases. But I do think round bases looks awesome. So I'd love to do it. Squares are much more practical, though, I found at the weekend. <clears throat> yeah, well, they are. Um I find as well, um, especially when you're measuring to bases, that being on 20 mil squares is, is quite an advantage um, in gaming terms. But we'll get onto that, I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, you, um, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. How are you painting your red then? That's a question that everyone asks. What what paints well, do you go through? I don't know yet. At the moment, all I've done is I've airbrushed the model whole red, and then I've mixed corn red. Um, just with the Vallejo one, isn't it? Hmm? Yeah. It's yeah. Red, uh, yeah. What's it, Vallejo game? It's a model air. It's model, and it's also in it, in model air, and it's also the model colour. Sure. Whichever you want to use. So I've got a model air one. Um, so basically, I'm using that as the base colour, and then I'm basically doing black and white, chaos black, and um, skull white spray, or, or corax white, whatever you want to call it now. And um, then I'm doing whole red over the top, and then I'm doing a sort of a very rough um, highlight of two coats of corn red. It's quite thin, the mix I've made, so it, it, it sort of, um, it's not too strong a colour. <clears throat> and then I'm gonna, basically just going to work off that. I'm, I'm tempted to wash the wash it down with black and um, then like a purple, and then highlight it back up, put glaze on. I was thinking about maybe doing the armour like it looks like um, it's got slashes marks on it. But I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do that yet. I need to basically paint a model. Just, um, just put the paint on, move it around until it looks good. So. Well, exactly. So yeah. until I get a scheme. Well, you can't do that with slashes. You've got to put a, a, a line down it. Yeah. Put a line is... on there and make sure it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> if um if you do go with the slashes one, one thing that I found is you just got to paint shit darker than you're expecting. Otherwise, yeah. the slashes, they... Brighten they the model too fade. much. Yeah, they fade in and out depending on whether it's on the highlighted area or not. Mm. I mean, I, what I, I did it before on some um, World Eaters, World Eaters, 40k Space Marines, Chaos or Corn ones, whatever they're called, Word Bearers. Yep. I don't know. They're Word Bearers, that's the other guys, isn't it? This, this is how much I know about 40k. So, World Eaters. It's World Eaters, isn't it? 
Corn Berserkers. So when they brought out the plastic Corn Berserkers kit back way, way back in 3rd edition 40k, I painted a box um, and I did that with basically using a very, very dark red, scab red mixed with black, and then mixing in white to do slash marks, um, and then I just glazed it with red ink, um, and it just looked like, sort of looked like hacked up corpse red armour. It's a bit weird. It looked quite cool, and I thought maybe I can, now my painting's gone on a bit since I was 14, I could probably do a better job. <laughs> so well, um, You've got products as well to support it, so you've got better reds just better as a reds, matter of course, yeah. and you've got the um, the glaze as well, Bloodletter, I really, really like. Yeah, I picked I up a new, a new pot of that, because my other one was a bit funny, I don't know if I'd done something to it, but oh, I've got um, Carabur Crimson is one of my favourite washes, um, yeah. and I love... Um, I've got the Bloodletter Glaze, but I've also got the um, Army Painter Red Ink uh, Wash type yep. thing, because I think that's quite nice if you want to get a nice even coat. Um, but what I like is quite high pigment. So While we're talking about weird colours, I've got two pots of gloss varnish here, Vallejo game ones. One's white and one's like a brown. Does it mean you've contaminated your varnish? Because that's what it sounds like. But how would I have contaminated it when it's from a dropper bottle and nothing's gone into it? Um, don't know. Got a bad batch then. I've got uh, I've got a a medium one of I think it's a decal a chipping medium and that's a weird brownie colour. I don't know. Don't know. Is it dry give, clear? I've not put it on a model because I didn't want it to dry brown. <laughs> you should test probably test I'll, that. I'll test it out, but it just seemed a bit odd. Yeah, maybe you. Yeah, I don't know. Strange. Don't know. But I do find Vallejo paints a little bit inconsistent. Oh, they are. Massive. So I've got two pots of whole red, and one is different colour to the other. One's more brown than a red. So yes, it's, it's... thickness as well is the big thing with Vallejo. I've found. Yeah. So I, I sort of tend to stay away from them um, a little bit. Uh, I quite like the GW paints. I'm a bit of a fanboy. But that's what I've been doing. So in terms of products and stuff, I mean, out of the new releases, I've built the. Round gates and the Ophidian archway. Um, the round out gates. Out of ten, what do you give them? In terms of what for build ease, or uh, for just building in general, and then in general, because I think you have to do building when we're talking about this. So round gates come packaged really nicely. It's really clever. There's two like plastic inserts with the the actual gate. All the bits are not on sprues. You get bags full of the bits. Um, the plastic similar to the rustic. Um, stuff that Mantic make models out of. Yeah, uh, you can polycement it together though, right? So yeah, you can polycement it. So it is plastic, but it's just a harder, grainier plastic, which is fine because it's a bit more hard wearing and and sort of to, testament to that. The Realm Gates have got quite a annoying um, internal bit to clean up with mold lines, but with your, I use like a modeling knife just to get into the nooks and crannies. And I use the GW scraper tool, but because it's hard plastic, you can kind of really go quite hard with this. Um, and then what I found is that actually you, it furs, it doesn't really like normal GW plastic when you scrape it, it kind of flakes away. Whereas this stuff kind of furs up a little bit. So what I did is from my experience of cleaning up Mantic models, I have got some wire brushes. So I used a brass bristled brush and scrubbed it and it, it come out really nice. It kind of, um, it kind of did rough the surface up slightly, but it's not. It's actually going to be quite it's good when I intend to dry brush the shit out of it, so it's yeah. going to be good. Um, so the Realm Gates, I really like. I like them. I think they look cool. 
I think I'm, I'm looking forward to actually painting them, which is weird. Um, the Ophidian archway was a bit more of a pig to build. Now, the reason I say that is because you've got, like, this floor piece, which are, like, little teardrops and, like, triangle joints. So you put four together to make a joint. And then the sort of the other bits all come together as a, is like a sort of four halves of like a trivial pursuit sort of like pie or cake or whatever that's called. Cheese, I think they call it. Cheese will, a bit like that. Anyway, so you've got to put the four corners together. So it's basically in quadrants. Um, doesn't really line up amazingly. I found the, um, if you put both the sides uh, off the main archway going the same way, the floor is a bit too big to fit in the gap. And I, it's just it's just a little bit finicky and a little bit annoying. I, I actually found what you need to do is I would if I did another one, I would glue the base together first and leave it to dry. So however I'm going to arrange the 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 building, I would stick all the like the flat floor pieces together in the arrangement. So whether it's an L or a horseshoe shape, or whatever, leave that to dry, then do the rest. <clears throat> just because as it's a bit as I'm using poly cement. It's kind of a bit squidgy, and you can it kind of you'll find you press one area and another bit pops out and things like that. So, it, I mean, I'm I've been a bit nitpicky at the end of the day. It isn't that bad. It's just that um, you need to Not put it on a flat. Much, but there are other stuff, is it? Well, I think it's sort of thing you have to be a bit more patient than I was willing, one really wanted to be with it because I just wanted to get it together. But I think you kind of got to do it in stages and let it dry and then do the next bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, the important thing is put it down on a flat surface so you, you make sure it's not wobbly. Um, That's what I was going to say. I remember putting together some of the old kits and just leaving them with weights on them to make sure they dried properly. Yeah. Or, or elastic bands around them. For the yeah, time. I was going to say, for the round gates as well, elastic bands are pretty good because they, they, there's two halves to the actual gate. So if you're going to poly-cement that, put an elastic band around will really pull that tight. But I found yeah. that, to be fair, they're pretty good anyway, to be fair, you don't to worry about it too much um, but yeah great I really like them That's I love GW good. scenery yeah and um, we got our uh, combat gauge and dice cup didn't we yes so I've used my combat gauge very rarely because I find it really really fucking annoying with the strap um, yeah so I'm probably going to cut the strap off as much fun as it would be to wear it round town um, <laughs> I I think from a practical point of view, because when you want to get it near models, the the sort of the the strap gets the in strap the way just so gets much. in the way, and it, it, it's it, it's a little bit annoying. But it is really nice. Like I was really surprised when I got it. It's it's like almost like a quarter inch thick. It's got some weight to it, hasn't it? Oh, it's it's really nice. I I I'm really I actually think it's not too bad a buy because you've got it what sixteen from your site. Yeah, I think so. Not too bad a buy at that price. I, I, I mean, I, I would probably. I, I mean, I'm a bit of a fanboy, but I'd probably buy one. Um, you know, if 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 I wanted to get one, and I'm not disappointed in the purchase. I'm a little bit disappointed that you can't unfread the necklace bit. I, I'd re- really wish if you undid it, it just slotted out. It just come all the way out of the gauge. It'd be nice yeah. to have the magnet at both ends, so you could have the magnet that sort of holds it together behind your neck. If you'd had that at the actual combat gauge end as well, so then you could take it off as and when you needed to. You could whip cool. it off like Velcro pants on a stripper, and I'm sure it would be about as erotic. I'm going to file the end of my one down a bit so that it can slide through the, the thing, so you get the, the actual gauge off the strap. It's going to be a bit of hassle, mm. but I don't want to destroy it. Yeah, I'm not sure it will go... 
Whether it will or not, I don't know. But yeah, bit bit of hobby, it will. Do some hobby on the combat gauge. If we're, yeah, we're, we're going to have a new podcast about combat gauges coming out soon, guys. Uh, yeah. guys peeled. Um, and then the the corn dice cup, I really like. Um, it's you really nice. annoyed me so much with this dice cup at the Why? weekend because those dice were just like getting stuck in it, going everywhere, they were. rolling there into was other dice that had already rolled. There was and, one oh, time. They were everywhere. There it was. It's bullshit. I hate dice cups. They're so shit. But I use mine as well. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's cool. I like uh, it for the um the sort of the battle round roll where you you sort of put one big dice in it, put it down, and it's like, ooh, what's it going to be? Um, no, I, I like it. I think I think the dice cup's really really nice. Actually, I, I did I did like it. It's just it's just annoying to play with the dice cup. Oh shut up! It's I'm fun. not a fan of them. I actually quite enjoy it. So. Because yes. Terry was annoyed. Yeah, I like I like to upset my opponents. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so Terry, you need to use a dice cup just because it fucks him off. Yeah. So, um, if anyone wants to borrow a dice cup when they play Terry, <laughs> <laughs> come and see one of us, and we'll be like, yeah, we've we'll, we'll got some. Um, so you've got you got the gauge in that as well, Les, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I um, I got the gauge in there. Have, you, the have you used them in battle yet? I have. Sorry, have you used them in bitter conflict? Bitter conflict. Also, have you found it impractical wearing it out and about town just because you need to get places to an important man and women keep flocking to you? They is honestly, I was like beating them off with a shitty stick. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's Keeping the three inches away with your combat gauge. <laughs> yeah, the guys. Yeah. Um, there's a nice little Twitter pic that the gaffer from Chantan Warchief put out of me with a combat gauge and the the dice cup at the club night on Monday. You, you've got a lot of stick about the combat gauge. I saw a post the other week where you put, this is the shit, and yeah. someone said, no, it's just shit. And then someone said they can't believe you spent money on it. Give them money because you've got too much. And yeah. you you got a bit of stick about it. Ah, oh, fuck him, don't care. Yeah, we'll talk about the... Uh... The Twitterati in a bit, I think. So, yeah, um, that's like an error section. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a uh, bit of a rant, probably. Um, <laughs> rants. Maybe. Um, so, have you you've been building some of the Stormcast Eternal kits as well, though, haven't you? Yeah, I did the. I actually used the, <laughs> the filth. The, the filth. No, the, just standard filth. liberators. Um, and yeah, I've just found them really good. I've, I've put together two of the two of the liberator boxes. One with swords and one with hammers. Which one um, looks best? I love the sword models. Yeah, I think the swords look really cool. I think the sword models are amazing. I'm gonna have one of each. I, I just, I, I even want to have the double-handed sort of like, you know, sorry, the, the one in each hand swords. I just double enders. Double enders. Double enders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just want the yeah, I just think that there's so much. I know it, it would have been cheaper to buy two boxes, two Sigma boxes, like you know, two of the main kits, but there's just something about the poses you can get with the sword and the shield guys. Now they are very marine-like, so. You can sort of like the legs are very static, obviously, but you can do some cool things with like twisting the body um, and sort of like, you know, positioning the heads and stuff that make them look a little bit more dynamic. Like um, I've got like one guy with the, you know, the the, the, the great weapon, like the special weapon that you get. Um, yeah. He's got the sword and he's like in a Conan pose, sort of like looking over his left shoulder with the sword in two hands. Yeah, I've seen um, that. It's cool. And yeah, I just, I think they're really cool. Um, the reason I've got two boxes of the Liberators is because you get enough um, the heavy weapons to essentially bulk out the heavy weapons in the rest of the in the Age of Sigmar starter set. So tip. yeah, so That's I use. Yeah. Um, so I bought two boxes of liberators separately um, to go with because you've got two fives, haven't you? With the the Age of Sigmar starter set, you build and then you just get you get two extra heavy weapons. So 
if you can sort of juggle them about a bit, you get two hammers, two swords. Um, two, so I just thought, why not? It makes sense. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think they're really, really cool. I'm uh, in the process of placing an order tonight as well for the, the archer guys because I enjoy putting them together so much. I'm gonna. I was gonna say, have you got the archers yet, or you not, no, no. not done those? I've not done them yet. I've been t- I've been chatting with Dan and like uh, Brian Carmichael on Twitter about it, and I think I'm probably gonna get five, ten of each. Yeah, I think you need to get some range in there, and yeah. especially if you don't want to paint those stupid angel dudes. Yeah, fuck the angels. But you uh, you do the Lord. Um, I want to say Castellan, but that's probably uh-huh. wrong. The, the the guy with the hat um, is such a fucking good kit. I know we sort of like he looked a bit derpy when you seen him with the the in the gold picture, but I put him together with his like his mini demigriff, um, and the griffhound, griffhound, and I I found that if with a little bit of position like repositioning, like I, I moved the arm a little bit, and do you uh, actually get? Is he actually not? Like modular, fit. is he actually a bit modular? Then you got a little, a little bit, bit of play. Can, with a little bit of work, you can move him. Like I mean, I've got him holding out the the, the sort of the, the lantern, Alice sort of like Green Lantern star from the movie, and he's sort of like looking over that arm with his sort of halberd in his right hand, and it just looks quite dynamic. Because uh, you can twist the head slightly in the arm, twist but the, the halberd can move. move slightly. And yeah, I just found it a really nice kit. And also the other guy, you know, the guy that I didn't like, the guy with the hammers in his cloak. Yeah, with his, his hammer cloaks. Yeah. I mean, he's a bit more sort of like one pose wonder. Yeah. Just when you actually build it and put it together, it, I mean, I know it's expensive for the, like what the little the, the kit is, but I actually really rate the model. Uh, yeah, it's it's all relative, isn't it? I mean, you can get a decent discount off Element Games. We should yeah. we talk about that right now. Our sponsors, Element Games, go there and buy shit. They sell good stuff for hobby. Combat gauges. And combat gauges. There's more discount on those, isn't there? On the cups yeah, and is. gauges. And if yeah. you are you still doing that thing? Yep. yep. Yeah, so, so if you Yeah, you you do it. It's your your thing. So if someone buys both in the same order, pop a little note in about face hammering your order notes and uh we might might give you some freebies. Yeah. yeah. So you might We've also got a big clearance sale going on, haven't you, Byron as well? Uh yeah we have actually. So there's a load of load of stuff in there. Um most of it, well, it's mostly surrounded around other gaming systems or board games or things like that. But people have been people have been liking it, so we've got a few things there with some pretty tasty discounts. And that currently is on the homepage, uh, so massive in red that you can't miss it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hitting it up for the Infinity Art book that I've been meaning to get because it's like a fucking steal at the moment on your website. So <laughs> I'm going to be definitely hitting it up for that. But um, but yeah, go to Element Games for all your needs. There you go. That's elementgames.co.uk. Anyway, um, and new products as well. Um, obviously, this stuff's not out yet, but there's been new scenery. Oh, scenery. Oh. And it looks like it's modular and you can mix it with the archway. So it's the same style. Yeah. And that's the Niminous Oculum. And that looks cool as fuck. Is that the ball? It, it looks so epic, doesn't it's it? It's the one with the big, like, testicle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where it's like that sort of um, celestial orb. Bollock. Like a hurricane. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, but I like the fact there's a little platform and you can stand a wizard in it. And yeah, because there's some rules for it as well. Yeah, there are, yeah. From the game. Everything um, comes with its war scrolls, doesn't it? Now? I know, it's amazing. And the um, Dragon Fate Dias. Or Dias. I don't I know how you say that. that one. Again, cool as fuck. Yeah, so basically this is like a arcane circle with torches, dragons on it, on some set of steps, and underneath is like a pool of blood to sacrifice people and 
really cool. Um, what I like about this stuff is in Age of Sigma, you can actually fight over the top and around it, and it, it's going to be interesting. Um, and I just like the look of it. It's kind of like very sort of... It's, com- it's epic computer game. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's if any of you ever played Warhammer Online and you were fighting in any of the zones that are close towards the um, Eternal Citadel, those kind of sort of bits of scenery and stuff really really fit that kind of planar type of fantasy look. Um, really like it. Um, yeah, I'm going to be buying that scenery. Um, and then probably the the kit that I think's the coolest they've released thus far for Age of Sigmar. And that's got to be the paladins, because I think these are fucking cool. The sword spear guys are fucking amazing. Yeah, I love it. looks fucking wicked. They look like they would be... Anyone who wants to paint these in an evil colour scheme, I think they can look fantastic. They look so badass. They are, and if you're doing 40k, I'd just be all over these like a fucking tramp on chips. Um, Rain out those fuckers up. They are just... They are the coolest... I mean, even the guy, there's one of the guys you hand in that double-handed spear thing in two hands. You could even make that into a banner, into yeah. another, like, relic to guy. Uh, oh. I really like the. I just think they're awesome. Um, I don't, you know, just go have a look at them, but the act, they've got axes, you can give them double-handed, like, sword spears and big fuck-off hammers, and there's this, this like, this is called the Star Mace or something. Yeah. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's like the thing that's on the end of the fucking um, uh, the Witch King's mace in yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. It's just game as well, isn't it? Like die three mortal wounds or whatever. Yeah, it looks. It, yeah, it's it's cool, and I, I like the kind of like the prayer bead type things. The the sort of the the I don't know what they're called. The Primus or whatever it is, guys got. Um, that's really cool. But no. yeah, that's new releases. So have, um, um, have we covered just how good the gold is? By the way, I've been... we we have on another show when, but I've used it now as well, and it is really nice. Fuck me, that paint is worth every fucking penny. It is yeah, the extra ninety p is is nothing really. Yeah, it's um one coat through an airbrush over a brown undercoat, and I was just looking at the model. Oh, you put it through an airbrush? In all, oh yeah, it absolutely. Did you fine. thin it? Yeah. yeah, the pigments are absolutely fine for it. Also, if you leave it in your palette, top tip, if people are wanting to glaze up their gold to make sure it's yellow after they've put silver highlights on or something, if you leave it in your palette for a little bit, it actually separates, and if you drag it up the walls if, if you're using a dippy palette, what you get in that separation is a mixture of the medium, and it's everything but the metallics, essentially, uh, and it looks like a more goldy Lamentas yellow glaze, and it is awesome. Like it's a really, really versatile. I think it's probably one of the best paints I've ever made. Um, I like okay. it. Yeah, I can't fault it. It's the way I can't imagine painting gold any other way now. No, agreed. I think I'll be using. Um, I'm going to touch on another show on my corn guys. I'm going to be using the Liberator gold as the as the part of the brass sort of goldy colour oh, on my cool. corn dudes. Yeah. Um, rather than the Retributor armor, which is a bit 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 more uh, golden. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, paints are really good as well. There you go. I have actually picked up the flesh colour just to see if it is actually any different, just for shits and giggles, but I've not opened it yet. Um, so, new releases, talked about that. But there's a little bit of a rumour about a new hardback book going up, isn't there, Terry? Search yeah. Moraz. Hey, yeah, what? Search for Gal Moraz. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, it's hardback think... and hardback limited edition, so... So it's going to be another Realmgate War-style book, do you reckon? Yep. And while we're saying about that, we should also yeah. talk about the nice little gift GW sent us on, on Friday, just gone. Yeah, it was uh, unexpected, to yeah. say the least. Just chilling out at work and a package arrives for me from UPS, not expecting anything. I'm like, oh, this is a book. Oh, it's GW packaging. Open it up, bam. Limited edition... Um, Oh, is it Realmgate Wars? No, what's the first one called? It's just called The Age of Sigmar The Age book, of Sigmar. But it is the Realmgate War. It's covered in there, basically. So It's book one of the Realmgate Wars, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers, GW. Very nice yeah. of you. It's very cool that they are actually... Well, they've always been aware of it, but they're, they're acknowledging it, even if it's not... Yeah, we were a little bit per- perplexed, because it's quite late after the release. Which we talked about, didn't we? It's... It's one of two things, possibly. They either what, held it back because they wanted to make sure they had enough to sell and yeah. not give them away for free, or maybe they didn't sell many of them and they're trying to give them away to get a bit more sort of promotion. Well, the flip side of it, or it could actually be that someone working there has said, actually, these guys have been going really in-depth about Age of Sigmar. Why don't we love but them? They yeah, but they it send it to people to that aren't even doing podcasts. <laughs> That's going to be a bit more diplomatic, but yeah, no, some people, I think every podcast that was on the mailing list got them. Uh, the Black Sun guys were actually, would have got a box copy of, but they just missed the email, I think. So they did actually, despite, um, like Chris's sort of thing, but I think Chris has openly said they're not really podcasting now anymore. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I don't, what think it's because they're not selling, they're just giving it away. That's not something GW too. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's probably just a sort of they didn't want to sell out and then not be able to give customers copies. They probably printed an awful lot of these because of the end times books popularity and probably not been as popular. I mean, I bought the limited edition end times books. I didn't buy this one. Um, I bought the normal one, but now I've kind of upgraded because Terry wasn't bothered about having it and. I just thought, yeah. I well, ev- everyone's got one, and you spend a lot of time editing the show, so just well, yeah, you know, it's good. It's, one yeah, of I, us was going to have it, then it may as well be new to have it. Yeah, and I think as well, it is. If people out there are thinking, well, I haven't got the book yet, and I, I don't know whether to splash out for the limited edition, it is really nice. Like you get. A oh yeah, it is. Paper, I was gutted. I had to give it to you. And, well, you didn't have to. I did say you could kept <laughs> keep it, but nah, I said you weren't bothered. I was. So. I, I've got the normal edition. I'm okay with that. It's fine. Yeah, and I, I would say it is a really nice... I think if you're wanting to get into Age of Sigmar, it's like an essential purchase. It's a nice thing to own. And the limited edition one is is really nice. I like the fact it's in a slipcase, that it, it's quite good because it protects the book um, from knocks and bangs and things like that. So. Slipcases of the future. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have so. to say as well, if, um, if, you can, if you're one of the people that like to download stuff, um, Carl at the club, Carl, um, he's... Having his last name, Cosmith. Um, he lent me the the novel, the Age of Sigmar novel that came out with the, the right. release. Um, and Gates of Azure. Yeah, Gates of Azure, and um, it's actually not bad. Oh, really? It's, 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 so many more of that book than I thought we were going to. Yeah, it's a really nicely well presented book. It feels really like it feels top quality, and um, and it's hardback. And yeah, I mean, I've I've for the first time in a while, I've not. Been able to, I've not been able to put it down. I like just can't stop reading. Yeah, it. I think I might have to get myself a copy of it. it. No, it was um, it's a guy I've not heard of before. Um, 
but he sort of mentions the, the Games Workshop Studios and stuff. I mean, I'm not really down with the, the GW writers because I tend to think it's a little bit pants. But yeah, I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, so far, I've, I've, he only gave it me like Monday night and I'm already sort of like halfway through it. Um, and it, it really goes into sort of in depth, sort of like into the sort of like the storm casts and it gives the background of sort of like how without giving too many spoilers, how sort of like the, the sort of like the corn guys are like tribes that they took over and they've been forced to be cannibals mm-hmm. and that's what turned them into corn. And it gives a really nice overview of sort of like villages and then sort of like settlements. Oh, nice. So it sort of expands the world a bit more. Yeah. And it's, I, 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 it's sort of, it's what kind of turned my head a little bit more. Um, but I don't, let's not oversell it because Games Workshop might sell us some freeze ones. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's a bit like, a bit like the, the Sigma series where it's got the roots of the Empire. Yeah. That, that's a really good series of it. But, um, yeah, I don't think you can buy it anymore. I think it's sold out, but you can, you can download it. Yeah. You can get a digital copy. Um, I'm sure well, they'll probably release it on softback, which they normally do with these sort of books, but yeah. it might be a few until uh, they do the print run. But speaking of books, there is a pre-order of a book which we didn't mention, which is The Realmgate Wars Book 1, The Warstorm, which doesn't... I think it's a book. It's a little bit vague on the website what it is. Um, so it looks like it's a story about Corgus Cole and the first bit of the Realmgate Wars called Warstorm. So that might be cool. It might be shit. We don't know. But... I would probably say pre-order it. It's 15 quid from GW, but you've got about for pre-order as well, haven't you, Byron? So Probably. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I've I've already looked, actually. So I mean, you guys have got it on there for 12 quid. So it's a deal, man, for 12 quid. It's yeah. £3 savings, so it's pretty good. Um, okay, so that, that's all the releases and shit out of the way. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about Twitter, um, <laughs> Rage, and eight, eight, 8th versus Age of Sigmar community comp and um, what is going on with with the community uh, before we start getting into Clash and stuff because it's, it's quite an important topic to give context to what we're going to talk about in a bit so yeah. before we start so, that Warhammer Visions have any of you seen the most recent one? no no it's an aside it's fucking brilliant um, I have not been as impressed by Warhammer Visions to date, if anyone, I think it's the, so, uh, I guess it's the August, the first one, um, just really, really, really good. I saw Dan Heelan put out a tweet the other Is day. Is this about the subscribe, where you can subscribe to all of it now? Um, I, mm, I don't know, I just saw him tweeting that it was a really good uh, mm. issue, and it is, like, it's straight up uh, beautifully painted miniature porn, front to back. It's got... Is that issue nine? Oh nine, nineteen, nineteen. Yeah. So can you got... can you still get it though? Is it sold out? Or... Um, I don't know. Probably. Um, what probably sold out, or probably you can get it. Yeah, th- I'd imagine you'd probably be able to get it. It's just it's really good. Um, if you want to know how to paint uh, Stormcast, it's got a load of stuff to do with that, and it's it's a bible for the Age of Sigmar box essentially. And then at the end, it's got some very very nice uh, Golden Demon winners or contenders. Uh, really high quality photos and a little bit of info next to each one. Cool. So on that segue, um, we'll have a break. We'll come back and we'll do what I just said. So, and we're back from the break. So let's talk about internet rage. <laughs> um, 
a unique subject that's never been covered on a Warhammer podcast before. No, exactly. Yeah. It can get irate irrationally. So, um, there was an, uh, about, probably about a week and a half ago, there was quite a lot of shit going, but well, there probably still is a lot of shit going around on Twitter, but I don't look at it that much. Um, basically, there's a lot of people that are on some sort of like quest for hearts and minds about whether people should play 8 for Age of Sigmar, and there's a lot of emotion being flung about, and a well, lot of opinion you, being stated as fact. You missed some other bits there as well. Shit being flung What's about. That? The there's Quest for 8, 8.5, 9th Age, Fury and Hammer, Age right. of Sigmar. Yeah, but let's, let's, let's think of it as old and new. For the moment, <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, it's a very, it's a good point. So, this is kind of annoying me, um, and I'm not gonna try and tell people listening to this, you should play Age of Sigma eight for shit, or eight for sh- Age of Sigma shit, play eighth or ninth is the way to go, or whatever. Um, I've got a soapbox, so I'm gonna use it. So I'm gonna talk. <laughs> I'm gonna basically give you my opinion. Um, you know, which is, and the thing is, it's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it, and I don't have to agree with your opinion, and we can agree to disagree. I think a lot of the emotion comes because people don't want people they like to not play the game that they're playing. I think Friend. that's where a lot Friend. of it comes from. Um, and conversely, there are some people that don't want <laughs> don't want people playing the game they're playing. Isn't yeah, that right, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> give a shout out to our bro, Mr. Sewell. Yeah, so, well done, mate. Yeah, so love you too. Matt Much gave love. you some shit to me on Twitter. Oh, um, it, it was quite amusing. So, anyway, so basically, there's a lot of people going eighth edition. Let's keep it alive. It doesn't have to die. Um, let's keep playing it. It's a great game. It's dead. It, <laughs> it is a great game. Oh, yeah, it, it is was a, game. a great game. We we played it for well I only played it for like three years but you played it for what the I, whole of eighth edition yeah yeah I mean I had a little little break at the beginning um, where it got very stale very quickly now all I'm going to say is play what you want end of the day it's your hobby it's your time you don't have to dislike Age of Sigma if you don't want to play Age of Sigma don't play Age of Sigma um, I think for me people that are saying oh it's just not Warhammer no it is Warhammer. Look at pictures of people's armies on the table and tell me that's not Warhammer. It's in the name. It's Warhammer Warhammer, Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar. Whether you like the direction or not, it's still Warhammer. And I would say it's easier to go... At the end of the day, you've got models anyway. Even if you're playing 8th, you've got models. Just play it. It doesn't have to be... like you, You don't have to play one exclusively. It's not like you have to be, I like 8th or I like Age of Sigmar. Get it. Get a hat. One, you know, you've got two different coloured hats and you're going to have a fight over it. It's not football. You know, you can like other games, it's fine. You don't have to be like, I'm an Arsenal support. I don't know football, I'm not even going to use it as an analogy. But anyway, um, <laughs> you don't have to be rivals, you know, that the point is. Um, now, I know there's a lot of people, there's a lot of arguments, a lot of stuff going back and forth, and Twitter's shit for this sort of thing. It's 140 characters, you can't really put a good, valid point across. Um, so I, I mean, I'll talk about an email I had. Um, which I was seeing a guy called Steve G on Twitter, and he wanted to explain to me his thoughts behind Age of Sigmar. So basically, he sent me an email, Age of Sigmar versus Eighth. So I'm just going to go through it. Um, I haven't written him an email back, but I'm just going to do it on the show. So he listens to the show, 
I'll tell him to listen and I don't have to type because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> so basically, he said, hi, Russ. Um, it will be easier to explain my thoughts with more than 140 characters. Again, that's the problem with Twitter. Um, you said you don't understand people writing rules and packs and trying to keep eight on light for support. The reason for that is because veteran players and lots of others have use have a use collection. I think there must be a huge collection or something. And have many armies, myself included, that they have gathered over the years. For almost 20 for almost 20 years, the games was all about big battles, big monsters, and magic. Age of Sigma feels like a dumbed-down version of 40k that I can play with fantasy miniatures. I think that's why people are clinging to 8th. It was not perfect, but it was one of the best iterations of Warhammer rules in a long time. I agree with that, by the way. The army books were quite balanced until the Dark Elves arrived. Don't necessarily agree with that, but there you go. The community seek to keep the core of the rules. Um, they just tweak it to make the game more balanced and more enjoyable on a competitive level. The problem with that is the Aussies are putting their pack together. Ninth Age and one former putting one up. Another group of the North East USA put one something two for a tournament in September. So everyone is adjusting the rules with their meta, but there's no community or consensus towards the same set of rules. If this could happen and it's a collaborative project, I think Warhammer can survive. Uh, Warhammer is not dead, it's just changed. Can survive a couple of years without support of Games Workshop. Just take a look at Blood Bowl, it's still played, it's not been supported by GW many years, I don't even remember. Okay, fine. As for Age of Sigmar, same thing is happening, it's not playable for a tournament out of the box, there's no structure. Yet again, all the groups around the globe are getting their compacts together to try and balance the game, make it playable at a competitive level, in my view. Age of Sigmar is in the same stake of one 8th edition as a tournament game. Don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing Age of Sigmar. So far I've had four games in with some comp. I like it as a basement game with a couple of beers with a friend. Even with scenarios, the controlling table quarter of points on table, it's going to be cagey and gamey as Warhammer was is in its current form. Thanks for reading. Look forward to look forward to hear further from you on the show. Uh, since the Geeks of the North podcast is more hobby gaming podcast, I doubt we'll do more coverage on Age of Sigma unless there is a big release of some sort. So I think he is from that Geeks of the North podcast, which I've not listened to. Uh, and what's my thoughts? So. I, I will I will scale it back. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, 8th edition, if we go back to 8th edition as a tournament game, you took 8th edition out of the box, it was shit as a tournament game. The scenarios out of the book didn't work. There's loads of grey areas. You had to write your own FAQs. You had to do all this stuff. Games Workshop just released new content for it. Now, this is the point I'm going to make. So Age of Sigmar, I agree, out of the box is not a tournament game. But it is still a tactical game. When we talk about our games later, we'll talk about some of the things. It's just very, very different. So all that needs to happen is people to write their compacts and maybe a consensus, like I said, a consensus for the community to come together in terms of a standard. I'm not saying standard for every tournament, but maybe some very similar methods of army selection. Um, so basically... From my point of view, the big difference between Age of Sigmar and 8th edition is Age of Sigmar is going to be supported by Games Workshop in some form in the future, whereas 8th edition is not. Now, rightly or wrongly, you could get a community that then when the Stormcast models come out, they write rules for them in the old style, with the old stat line, with the old special rules, with points that they go on square bases. But quite honestly, I can't see that happen. I just can't see that happening at all. It's just going to be people fighting over what should be worth what and yeah exactly 
and I'm not saying, and people listen to this probably go, yeah, but Age of Sigmar doesn't have points. Yes, you're right. There has to be a Age of Sigmar army selection method for tournaments. That is definite. Has to be there. There has to be a way to select a force. And I agree that it, that that does need to be in place. Now, in terms of Eighth Edition, from my point of view, I love Eighth Edition. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed it. I played a lot of it. And but I'm kind of ready to move on. That's me personally. And to be honest, I can't think of anything worse than community-driven, watered-down rules. And when I say that, I mean some of the stuff that I've seen battered about, like the, the the Swedish ETC, let's change the rules of Warhammer, call it Ninth Edition. I'm sorry, that that if you want to go and play that, that is entirely up to you. I'm not interested. That is not Warhammer. That's ETC not even ETC, Warhammer watered down, it's not, because the current ETC pack, and actually let's just give a shout out to the England team, they're out there this week for the European Team Championships, so good luck, don't lose the ashes Leggy, um, you will <laughs> never be let back in the country, um, you'll be the only England captain to fail epically, um, and you know, I don't, I, I don't know if if Craig tongue bashing one of the Aussies is a good way to win it. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Is he putting them off? Is it is, is it like it's tactics? Some tactics? It's gotta be. Maybe they've given him a Nurgle disease and they're trying to spread it around. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to give him give him like Craig I don't know, cooties. <laughs> so they're out there at the moment. I really wish I was there. Um the ETC's an amazing experience. I really hope it carries on. I can't see it lasting long if they stay with 8th. Um, and this is my biggest issue with 8th edition. It's going to it's gonna peter out. Because what will happen is people will start leaving the game or the scene and there isn't going to be any new blood coming in. They don't have a group focal point. So yeah, the, one of the brilliant things about Warhammer in this day and age, uh, or I just say more or whatever, is that, like I'm sure this is true for everyone, Like there is Twitter, there are forums, well, yeah. uh, forums at the pinch of salt. Um... There's all this stuff, and if you want to go on and talk about your hobby, you can. If you go on as a stranger and someone's talking, because you've bought your Age of Sigmar box, and someone's talking about some spacked up, throwback, retro fitted, new edition, that doesn't help. Yeah, I think. it's like, like when that's, you go on a forum and say, things. how am I going to select my army? Should I do this in my list? No, you don't do that, because they don't have this. Oh, they're doing the version I'm playing. What version are you playing? Well, I'm playing... Fury and Hammer. Oh no, I'm I'm an eight edition. I'm an eight point five player. What are you playing? I'm playing Knight. Ain't gonna happen, guys. Sorry, it's not gonna happen. And I know. And I think um, it's encouraging cliqueiness. Yeah, and I think doesn't help grow the hobby. No, it's all it's doing is separating the community up and the people, and and it's not going to get new players. Um, so all I'll say is that if you, I'm not going to say don't play eighth, do what you want. It's your hobby. It's your time. Spend your time and your money doing what you want. I'm just saying for me personally, I'm going to put time and effort into Age of Sigmar because Games Workshop, are that's what they're doing. And I'm going to go with that. And I'm not doing it because I'm, you know, I, I, know that, I know it's not a perfect product. I'm not saying it is. But we don't know if they're going to refine the rules and, and make it more better for competitive play. But what I will say is that TOs in the UK, specifically, if that's where we're based, um, we are going to be playing Age of Sigmar events, and there will be packs, and there will be similar concepts and that, which we will talk about in a bit when we talk about the Paul Comp from Clash. But I just, you know, people, like, 
if someone has a, wants to say, I've just played a game of Age of Sigma, I've enjoyed it, don't go on there and go, it's shit, don't fucking play it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't get it. What If you don't like something, just don't do not do it. Just to do something else. Don't don't lurk, wait for someone to say something positive and then jump on like a fucking negative train with all your mates to go, it's a fucking kid's game, it's shit. It's like, well, you don't have to play it. I mean, why is it that you feel it's important to get your point of view across at every fucking opportunity? Yes, we we know that you don't like it. It doesn't mean I'm not. I should feel bad for liking it, or I don't want to like it now. Or and then you got this weird thing of people going, "Oh, I want to like it more because because that person doesn't like it, so I don't want to." You know, it's like guys, just just play what you want. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's meant to be. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I just don't get the whole thing. Um, but I think it's sort of going a bit off track there. But I think Steve makes some good points about this fragmented. Um, rules writing that's going on. It's happening for Age of Sigmar as well, but what you've got to remember is this is early days. It's not... It, it's it's Games Workshop have done something really weird and they've just basically gone, here's a loose set of rules and, and we're not really going to define a lot of stuff. So, unfortunately, that, that falls down to the community to define that. So, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, rightly or wrongly... I don't know, but I mean, what, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you've been on Twitter and stuff, haven't you? So it's very um, like was it Baron just said a minute ago? It's got all the cliques of all sort of yeah. that they're all very prominent already. Um, but like, I expressed my opinions the other day um, on our account. That was me. Um, should should have done it from my own. No, but, it's um, fine. But I, what, what I was, was your just... main point of view on that then? Just go over it because you've like, got a uh, Tom- Tomlin put up a thing in the tribute thread about stop putting the game on life support and just just let it go, just move on, join the Age mm. of Sigma, and uh, he's he's right. It, kill it, you know, dragging Eighth Edition along for another three months of tournaments or so is just it's gonna not help Age of Sigma be a game, which no. which can be a great game, and it, it's just not. It's not productive to the the Warhammer community at all. No, and I think uh, what I'd say is that that they're not going to slate tribute. Um, that's up to those guys what they want to play. But I was disappointed because I wanted to go. Yeah, not, I was now I'm not going to go. Going. Yeah, um, and again now I'm not going. And and I think that I think a lot of like Tomlin's. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But I'd say that I, I think a lot of that is due to that fragmentation of that community where he's like, I want to play Age of Sigmar, they want to play Eighth we want to play together really and hang out in Cardiff it's not going to happen so I don't know whether there's some scope for joint tournaments where you play both games side by side that leads into this nicely the Reading Warfare event in November is the event that I'm doing the comp for for 8th edition now Steve the guy who's running the Warhammer and I think he runs the 40k as well um, he's not got back to me yet but he wanted to know my thoughts on whether or not Age of Sigmar could be used um, I think he should just do both. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to play Ape, and there's a lot of people that want to play Age of Sigma. I don't think he's going to sell 70 tickets to fantasy players come November. I th- I think he'll struggle to sell 40. Oh. Um, I so just divide the event up into half and half. It's a war games event where they're playing loads. There's what like 100 systems there. All weekend long, different games, well, intros, it's, it's kickstarters. War game showing it, so there's different, yeah. different stuff happening. So, so it's not... have Age of Sigma there as a game for people to see. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good idea. 
and I've said to him, you know, I'd I'd run the Age of Sigmar event for him there. Um, if he dedicates the space along to it, you know, if if it was an Age of Sigmar event, I'm sure you guys would come. It's Reading, you know, it's not yeah, far. For... I've been to Warfare before. It's great, and a lot of even my gaming group goes because they go to war game shows. So, you know, they don't go for tournament play, but they will go anyway. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be up for that if it was Age of Sigmar Eighth Edition. Not interested, and that's just me personally. You yeah, know, I'm not saying don't play eight. You know, if you want to carry on, that's up to you. Um, I think for me, the like the biggest thing is just the people that you know that that were going to move away. But that happened between seventh and eighth, to be honest. But then, then they did back. they come back eventually? <laughs> and Matt saw was the funniest one. We were sat in, um, we were in Reading actually, in the old post office doing the, uh, I think it was Tides of Chaos event in July when the book came out. It's just before, I was just about to go off to the ETC. We got our pre-orders in, and we were sat there with our hardback books, opening them up, reading them. And there was me and Dan and a few others, and we were chatting away about the rules. And, and Matt Saul was basically, "It's a kids' game. It's rubbish. They've taken out all the tactics. It's never, it's never going to take off. I'm done. I'm not playing it anymore." And then he's been at every other tournament. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but this is the point about Age of Sigmar. I've played a few games, and we're going to talk about it later. I, I think it's a good game. It I think it's got potential. As soon as, a, as soon as a, a point system is valid, that game will be awesome. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, Les, what's your thoughts? Have you been around or? Um, I've been looking on the. I've been looking on Twitter and stuff, and generally, I've been keeping my opinion to myself off Twitter because. You just punch people, you I, get rowdy. I, 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 they, they call me the angry one for a reason, and I just tend to not get myself in a situation where I will friend some internet hero so um generally my opinion is i'm gonna play age of sigmar because to me it feels like the natural step for me to do i enjoyed my time playing eighth edition and i i'm gonna give age of sigmar a go why would i not yeah it's, it's supported by it's supported by the company that i grew up loving if it's not if i decide it's not for me then, you know, fair play, but I'm not going to walk away from something without actually giving it a fair crack of the whip. Yeah, um, I, 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 totally I think, agree. I think um, Brian Carmichael posted in his blog today, and he said something that I thought was really sort of poignant, really, as in, like, if you go into something with a negative attitude, then you'll have a negative experience. Yeah. And if you go into something with a positive attitude, you, you should have a positive experience, or at least wow. be open for a positive experience, unless yeah. you're Unless you're playing me, then it's yeah, unless you're playing Russ, and then you just fucking ruins your hobby, regardless. So. Yeah, but that should spur you on to to, to get. We're, to we'll see. cover this in great detail oh, just, later on. Yeah, Don't worry, you'll have your moment. That's but, fine. But I've always yeah. got my moment. It's my show. Yeah. <laughs> Such a twat. <laughs> but, but yeah, yes. I, um, for me, it's like the one thing that that's annoying the fuck out of me. Like it's making me really get pissed off. Is the the someone will post something be it on twitter i haven't been on any forums because i find that every time i go on a forum i want to knock someone out so um for me i think when on twitter if you're being positive about something and you're being followed by i mean this is nothing to do with the the sort of like the the little hate the little sort of like abuse i had when i posted my um my combat gauge because i think that those guys did it in like the right way but if I post something, if I, I Twitter is a sort of like something that you can just a stream of conscious thought, you can just post what's on your mind. If I'm saying I actually enjoyed my game of Age of Sigmar, I don't need someone that I've never met telling me I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. 
because you can't, you what can't the fuck do they know? Because you enjoyed it, so they can't your be opinion. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you've, you've misremembered those two and a half hours of your life. Actually, you had a terrible time. No, you, you didn't you enjoy it. You're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't need someone telling me my opinion. And to be honest, I've gone through a bit of an unfollowing spree just generally because mm. I, I'm so annoyed. I'm not even getting I'm getting annoyed with people responding to other people because I see yeah. it in my in my, um, my stream. And it's just sort of like, do you know what? I do this in my spare time. It's something that's meant to distract me from the like the stresses and pressures of work. It's something that I do to for enjoyment. And I'm finding myself getting increasingly frustrated with, let's be quite honest, Bellens express forcing their opinion on other people. Yeah, and, and that's both pro and negative. That's pro and yeah. negative. Yeah, because I'm getting I, it's like people raging about how good it is and sort of forcing down people. So if someone says I don't like it and someone going, Oh, that's fucking amazing. It's like just fucking let people have their opinions, man. It's their whole sort of like it, you don't have to make everyone like a game. You don't have to make everyone dislike it. Exactly. Them. And you'll it's quickly like, realise that the quickest way to get someone not to agree with you is to try and get them to agree with you. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> it's just got to the point now where I'm just like, I honestly I'll do what I want to do and yeah. don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Yeah, just get over it. Yeah, it's like... just get the fuck over it. It's happened. Um, but what I would say as well is to people that are like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, just support it and get behind the company that, that have given you these products to play. I mean, I know there's people with GW bash, and I'm not, and I know there are people who go, oh, they sent you free shit, so you're now pro GW. No, I've yeah, always yeah, been yeah, pro yeah, GW. No way they bought us. The, point, yeah, I think, the point is, is that... We've you know, given them a fair bit of slating yeah, exactly. as well with regards to their, you know... Well, we've been openly critical and... about stuff like that, but yeah. what I would say is that you know they're they're doing so very bold, very brave, very and very cool in my opinion. I actually I like this kind of stuff. I think it's upheaval and change is good. Um, I think they could have done it a lot better uh, to stop people raging. But at the end of the day, it, I, I want to support them because at the end of the day, I want them to keep releasing Warhammer models problem i've got is if people go the other way and i'm not i'm not saying that you know it's up to you what you spend your money on then i'm worried that it will peter out and we'll end up with 30k and 40k and then that's it really and then that'll be and you know as much as i like the fluff and stuff of 40k i'm not a fan of the game and i'd rather i'd you know i'd rather play a warhammer and, and, and actually as well people say that this is 40k warhammer 40k it's not it's not 40k it's a different game, um, so it's not it's not at all. Um, I, I just I, I oh, it's my opinion. That's that's just my opinion. But, you know. As a final thought, also GW got shareholders. If a game was shit and they started losing money massively, they would do something about it. So hmm. if if there are such issues that it really needs fixing, you've got to have a little bit of faith that they wouldn't completely have their head stuck in the ground. As a few things have indicated that they haven't recently sending out stuff to podcasts, um, being a bit more open about stuff, it's like yeah, and I think give, they give will give them some credit. They're, yeah. they're the largest toy soldier company for fantasy games in the world. Like they've they've got there somehow, right? Yeah, and I think what you'll find as well is that, like you say, they did it with 40k. They they will very quickly release an update or fix for the rules if they, if they think that's an issue. Um, but it's it's new. It's only been out. You know, like a month. It is. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna U-turn on what they're doing, like because that's not the way to, you know, to do things. <laughs> so, you know, if you've ever run a tournament or anything, you'll know that you've just got to 
carry on with what you think is the right thing and acknowledge other feedback or whatever, but like it's your idea, it's your baby, roll with it, drop it if it's crap, but you've got to have some faith in it and they're going to do so. Yeah, so that's internet rage. So let's talk about what the community are doing for uh, Age of Sigma then. So there is probably the first two-day main big Age of Sigmar event coming up in Clash of Swords. I yeah. know we talked about it on the last show. Um, I've been in talks with Mo, so basically we talked about the, the the comp concept before, and it's very similar to what we did at the South Coast where we did pools. So you pick war scrolls in this case, and they'll fit towards a pool of, of models you could pick from to deploy. Um, so I think this is probably the way forward. This is this is my favourite way of doing it. I don't like giving stuff points. I, I think this is a much more elegant solution. Now, I'm not saying that the pools that have been released for Clash are good. They're not. Mo knows they're not. But it's you can't get to a point where you know to balance the game this early. You've just got to kind of see what rises to the top and then react accordingly, I think, so... Then nerf that shit to the ground. Yeah, nerf those demons, that's so bent. Um, so, <laughs> so basically, um, just to give you a concept, I know I spoke about it in the last show, but just to give this context, so basically every unit, every war scroll, I should say, has a number of models, so some war scrolls don't, they just say any number of models, or ten or more models, so basically what, what they've done is they've set, well, most set a limit on the models. So, for example, Bestigors is 10 models and for the one War Scroll choice. So you could buy two or three War Scrolls of Bestigor and you'd have 20 or 30. Um, and each one has got a pool choice cost. Now, this is all basically ranges from 0.5 all the way up to about 8 at the moment. Um, so they're quite small increments if you think about how many like hundreds of scrolls there are um, in terms of trying to get that balance. Um, and then basically you have a pool of points, so 30 points, and when you play your game you can only deploy 20, and then there's some restrictions around war machines, shots and characters and monsters. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, you can go and look at the Clash of Sword um, tournament pack from the Warhammer forum, uh, or the Clash of Swords website, uh, which I'll put a link in the show notes for that. <laughs> Basically, um, I've been talking to Mo about this, and actually going forward in terms of a community point of view, um, there's going to be a group of TOs that will get together and do a pool choice comp system. I'm not saying this is definitely what we'll use for South Coast, because that's a long way away, and um, we always do our own thing anyway. Um, we might use it as a basis... I've started to write my own sort of compact for a tournament uh, with a guideline of scenarios and things like that. That's going to be a while to take before that comes out because I'm so busy uh, at the moment that I, I just don't have the time to dedicate to it and I haven't got the pressure of I need to get this out for my event on the back, on my back for it really. kind of want to see what happens at Clash before I, I put anything out. But there are a group of TOs that are going to work on this pool concept together, I'm not saying that TOs will use exactly the same packs because there's a lot of room to customise in terms of you could take away the fact that you've got a sideboard of models, you could take move the restrictions on shots or characters or monsters, you could Some you could 
open up, yeah, exactly, open up summoning. You could even open up, you can put any Death War scroll in your list rather than in Clash, it's every set of PDFs, so like Tomb Kings and Vampires, is, is you can't mix and match between the two. So, for example, in my Warriors Army, I can't put demons in it, but actually, why not? If you've got your four main factions, why can't you mix? Um, then you've got in the Realm Gate War box book, books, you've got things like fighting in planes, you've got rules for in the, the actual main book, and I showed you, didn't I, Terry, where you've got the rules for calling down a demon, yeah. the Chaos God's favour and stuff, and it says these rules apply to all games of Age of Sigma. It's not... That's what it says in the book. So it's officially a rule that you use in every game. So order and destruction can call down Stormcast Eternals and Chaos can beseech the Chaos Gods. They are rules. So as a TO, you could say, we're going to play six rounds. We're going to, we or even have certain tables of different realms and say, we're going to fight out of the six games. We're going to basically randomize what realm we're fighting in. These rules will be in effect, so always if you're in fire, every wizard will have fireball, etc., etc. There's loads of stuff you can do, and that's that's kind of what I like about Age of Sigmar. It's very open, so you can, as a TO, you can really tailor the event exactly how you want it to be. Um, but there is going to be some collusion between TOs to get a, a very similar army selection method. And I think army selection is basically the only thing that really needs to be decided as a community. Um, but obviously each TO could tweak that as much as they want, because we did that in 8th anyway, and that was just, we called it comp, basically. So that's all it'll be. And GW aren't against that. Let's all no. remind ourselves. And, and well, yeah, GW as a company aren't, but but maybe some individuals that work in stores have got yeah, I was gonna say, be some in their stores, bonnet about it. <laughs> they, they put up um, like a thing on their Facebook saying, just a reminder to everyone, we'll be playing out of the box how it's meant to be played. We're not using any of these comp systems, scroll choice limits, wound limits. We're playing it as what you want, two and a half hours, put it on the table. Um, so, yeah. And let's, um, that's probably a nice segue onto the, um, you sent this, I'll let you talk about this, Terry, because I, I mean, I haven't really looked at it, but Warhammer World have, have got an event on, haven't they? Yeah, so they're running an event. And they basically said, bring whatever you like. The rounds last two and a half hours. That's your only limitation to your invite, basically. And they've put, play something you'll have fun with and you think your opponent will have fun with. Now, that is open to very wide spectrum because I might enjoy playing with 15 dragons. My opponent might only have 10 goblins, a chariot and a war boss. Because he might be quite new to the hobby. How does he know what to bring? But this is only, where the problem lies. Not only that, like I like for me, my enjoyment comes from playing a good tight tactical game. A competitive game, yeah. So you'll rock up with your competitive list. Johnny rocks up with his fluffy themed little, you know, goblin well, I army. Don't, I don't. It's not even like the list. It's more like I like a game which is. It, it's there's some tactics to it, and it's, it's An enjoyable headache, and it's yeah. You know, but then this is the problem with this sort of thing. But what, I mean, you say, oh, you got two and a half hours. All right, well, I'm going to bring my 6,000 points with the gash, and I'm going to basically spend two hours deploying it. Yeah. So it's not fun, is it? So they need to they need to sort that out, because <laughs> that's a problem. Well, it, Can you imagine people's parents arguing on their children's behalf? Oh. Or any, like, 
it just yeah. sounds like a nightmare. Well, my I, son doesn't have that model. You can't use it. Well, fucking buy it for him then. I feel, I think the um, the event organisers, you basically might as well just say it's open gaming. Yeah, come down, what, open gaming. And there'll be some prizes that we'll randomly give out. Just, just what, don't bring anything with a heavy bolt or go. What, I mean, what exactly is, is it, it's not, what is it, an event? I mean, what, it doesn't have any structure to it, does it? I mean, what, you play six games or, or what? I mean, I think it was five games. She played five games. There's no, probably no standards. There's no Swiss. I mean, just what, just what do they, what you want. What they did, just, just turn up and have a laugh. Just, just Six, 65 quid a ticket, I think do it know, is. Do you know what I, I find really fun? Wearing nothing but a combat gauge and running around the hall screaming, throwing corn dice at people. There is a large section on clothing and what you are allowed to wear. Is there really? Yeah, there's a bit on um, wearing costumes. So they've got more on dress code. There, there are more rules for dress code than there are for Warhammer. <laughs> oh, I love it. And that's not even a lie. Do not wear your slightly rapey pink horror costume. <laughs> oh, we want to go as the blue horror crew, man. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's there's like a... googly eyes on our nipples. Do you reckon they've it, got a gauge on, like, how much camel toe you are or aren't allowed? That's what the combat gauge of the use is. <laughs> Yeah, if they can slot the camel the, toe, it's oh, slot, slot the gauge and the if camel you can, toe. If you can, too much toe. When, when bitter toe breaks out, <laughs> you're, walking, you're walking through the door and they've got a bouncer. Hang on, and they're, they're like padded down to see if you've got any, I don't know, heavy bolters on you, or whatever. And then someone in a suit will step in, snap their rubber glove on, get out their combat gauge, and just prod it at your crotch to see if it's allowed. Yes, yeah, slip right. it into the cleft. Um. <laughs> 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 But no, there are I I don't want to see like that eight, eight lines of text on if you're wearing a costume, it has to be themed. It, it has there's lots of rules for wearing um, like themed attire. It has to be Warhammer themed, and then there's a lot of rules surrounding that. Uh, isn't it Warhammer themed to wear like a furry pair of pants and a combat gauge? Well, if you're a beastman, I, I mean, mean you could, could be could a marauder, you just go in a you? in a thong and a and one 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 boo bra, but go as a demon at. <laughs> And put some like cardboard paper mache crab claw shit on. Yeah, I I, I want to see that um that that assassin turn up. Oh, what, that pregnant assassin. assassin. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that Gen Con? Yeah, some of the pictures out of Gen Con, the the, the cosplays were. If sorry, if you're listening, guy who was dressed as a very large <laughs> with the care assassin in black spandex, what? Why? No, I'm going to give you mad he... props. Mad props yeah, for that, man. You've got some balls, son, for wearing that. Well, you've got your face covered, so no one knows who you are. So I, I actually think fair play. Um, and if you're a, a sister of battle with a massive pair of jubblies just poking out the top of your very weirdly cut shaped top, yeah, well done. Well done. Insight to Terry's mind there. Yeah. Insight to Terry's mind. Sisters of battle and fat assassins. <laughs> <laughs> so. Just like the way he was handling that rifle. Um, so, <laughs> I yeah, okay. So Warhammer World event, not for me. Um, a bit of a shame. Um, the problem is, I would probably go to Warhammer World and play if I knew that I could play my mates and they weren't going to be dickheads. But the problem I've got is that well, I basically can't rely on the rules to say don't be a dickhead. Because there'll be some dickheads. Because there'll be dickheads, and then you'll go there and you go. Oh, can we? No, this is. You could basically can have a debate about what fun is on the table um, for every game, and that's not fun. Nice, nice subjective. Guys, let's sit down. Let's have a bit talk about what the concept of fun 
is well, yeah, like, are, are you are you enjoying this game? I mean, you're losing, so shall I shall I just take some men off? And I mean, what's the fucking point? Ah, oh, just don't get it. it. You might as well just play. It's, it's it's just open gaming. The general public need rules to enjoy themselves. Look at society. <laughs> that sounds that sounds a bit full on, but like seriously, we just like, got full on fucking deep there. Should we should we play football or tell you what? Is ten balls? You guys can uh, blue or red or whatever. Like you can have three guys and they can have. Start. I blame. I blame school sports day. <laughs> right. Everyone's this generation now has got to an age where they can actually affect my life. And this fucks me off, right? <laughs> so you've got you've got people at, at primary school, and it's like, hey, see, this is why this country is right. I'm going to rant now. This is oh, what you've been waiting for, right? There we go. Here comes so Russia. It comes Michael Caine. I'm going to try and not be really, really right wing and shocking, but there we go. So Balls basically, right, you've got these schools, and they're probably for the fucking liberal bastards. That basically you've got this idea that if you go take part in a race, you deserve a medal, right? It's not about who come first, second, third. It's the fact that you ran or walked or did half of it, it turned up. You're all equal. Nah, you're not. Bullshit. Have a bit... It's a competition. It's a fucking race. By definition, it's a race. Don't... All this school sports day when they're... Oh, we can't... Oh, we don't really want compet- competitiveness or, or people winning and losing. You know, we don't want to shock someone and actually go well actually the world is quite competitive and you do have winners and losers let's just give everyone a medal and just just it's basically like telling us like santa claus is still alive you know it's you know it's a fucking lie but you're gonna say it because you don't want to upset anyone wait spoiler alert oh yeah sorry people listen to this if you don't know santa claus doesn't fucking exist all right so (laughs) i would say that that this is the thing that fucks me off because this is basically what this event feels like it's like a school sports day where nobody's allowed to win, but everyone must win, and you win by turning up. It's, yeah. I, Bull. I, I think it's shit. So that it's not. A, it's not a campaign weekend. Like it's. Yeah. Why isn't it like story driven? Yeah. And he still gives you some fucking like some guideline of what you should bring. That's the biggest thing for me when I looked at it. So like, I'll preface this. I'm, I've played no Age of Sigmar yet. I've seen it demoed or whatever. But just as a pack, this is infinitely confusing to me because. Why isn't it something where you try and get half the people playing the good guys, half the people playing the bad, and then having some brilliant narrative weekend? Because that fits with the ethos that they're pushing, but it's it's like they're not quite committed to the idea well, of that. We don't want to put barriers up, man. We want everyone to be able to come in and, and jack off in their hobby jizz mist. Yeah, let's get our combat cages on, roll our dice, and just fucking have fun, guys. I'm going to take 60 quid off you for open gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Basically, this means we don't have to do any TO organisation or rules pack writing or actually anything that's structured. So you just turn up, jumpers for goalposts, play games. Uh, just... Question, is that right? I don't know. Are you having fun? No, it's wrong then. It's but wrong. No, I'm not having fun. It was right then. Go. It's, I love the fact just that like, dice, one of the rules dice. is if you've got skulls on the model. So basically, if you're using Games Workshop models, you're going to get this bonus. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're playing in the Plane of Beasts, this is the best one. If you bring a picture of your pet to the event with you and show your opponent in one round of combat, you get plus one to wound because you're driven into primal rage from your beast. So if anyone listening to this is going to this event, please, please, please take a picture of your penis as your pet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just do it at such a weird angle that you don't quite know it's your penis. (laughs) Just be like, it's a real close-up of my cat's, like, leg. (laughs) Or something. (laughs) It's my vol with alopecia. Yeah. 
but <laughs> if you are playing a child, um, just just be careful. Do that less. Well, he's showing a picture of their beast to get the beast bonus. You're having no. fun, right? No, there's That's a fine. If we went for that for the beast. Oh, picture. okay. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly think that that there's. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, that throne of throne of skulls or whatever it's called, or it might as well just be called. Gaining. I'm not sure what it's called. The I... Round Wars or something? You can gain more sense from Les's like <laughs> a peaceful. I'm not want to talk about his balls. I'm going to start calling him the Vol. <laughs> Les the Vol Martin. <laughs> oh. oh dear. <laughs> so let's get back on track. So I'm on my little rant and, and probably, yeah, I'm sorry if you're offended. I'm not. Some editing to do there in the rest. Probably. Yeah. Nah, I'm just going to let it let it fly. Just to throw in at the end, I chatted to a GW manager recently. I won't say which one it was, but um, what Probably he's doing all. in his store. So what he's doing in his store is he's. I think he's. He said you're allowed because he's he's got to keep games churning out and people have to finish within a reasonable time. He's given them a physical dimension uh, on the board without it. So he said like I think it was one by two foot. Or one by one foot square um, of base to base models. That's what you're allowed to play with. Which I thought for like for kids was quite a uh, yeah. quite a sense of doing things actually. Until you get some gamey bastard who goes, "Here's my soul grinder. I've built it like really thin. And <laughs> it's like a model I'll in a beauty pose. <laughs> Got all your men handstanding. Yeah, this, this goes pretty good with a don't be a dick. Like yeah. first and foremost. I, I think. I think we need to be very careful here because this guy will lose his job if they find out who he is. Because he's oh. not embracing the spirit of the game. I don't know. Uh, he's not. He's not embracing the just have fun and let's not put barriers. About his store, so I think he's doing that right. <laughs> no, I was only kidding. Um, yeah. No, I think I think these sort of things are important and need to be there. And I'm hoping that that the people in Games Workshop that. That well, the events team needs to be you know, fucking sacked. Yeah. In my if, if the <laughs> events team or GW Design Studio are listening to this, just fucking hook us up with a job. Facehammer will write you a set of rules. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I can write you a compact. Yeah, we and just want 50 grand a year each. The first thing <laughs> will be the. Hey, I'll do it. I'll off. do it for free, just so that we can if, actually play some bloody games. If you have a, a Polaroid of your private parts. <laughs> and and you're fighting in the realm of. Polaroid of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> the final round top table is decided by a most competitive game of cock or ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's, how do you decide who deploys first? <laughs> let's not go down this road. Right. Um, I think what we're basically saying is we need to have a bit of structure, guys. Um, but they're not. I, I honestly think games which we're not going to release anything. Um, no, I'm at the point now where I don't think they will. I'm hoping they're going to update the rules. Um, to FAQs or, or, or clarify or expand the rules. Um, I really hope they get over this. Four pages is all we can use, man. It's all like there's some. So it's like you go when you go into like a meeting and someone's using like bullshit business terms. It's like someone's done the rules must fit on a, on like double sided A4, and it's like just. Just fucking get over yourself. It doesn't need to fit on two pieces of A4. It, it could have fit on on four pieces <laughs> and had some pictures and just been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, you know, it is. You know, it, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like 
It's just half-assed being on two pages. It wasn't clever. It was fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah, and actually, um, so Clash of Swords, we're going. Well, me and Terry are going. Byron, you're not going, are you? No, I don't think no. so. Unless I change my mind. You should go. That's a good answer, isn't it? You should go. No, no, unless yes. <laughs> and let's let's pulled out. I had to drop. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to say that. <laughs> you dropped, you I set dropped, it up. Dropped out, Les. I'll, I'll go now. I'll have to cancel my plans that I was going to have that weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a prick. What <laughs> oh, oh, was the one you liked? Your regular listeners there. Yeah. yeah oh oh so. well, no. I like something about your house currently, but it might not be you. Oh yeah. She's only in the other room, man. You'll be careful. <laughs> She'll just... be able to hear Byron and get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so Byron the Fluffer. No, that oh, that doesn't make sense at all, does it? I don't know. Right. On, on top of subject comp. On to Clash Comp. So we talked about the comp. Um so Army list, have you finalised what you're taking, Terry? Should we talk about that or should we talk about the games we played and then talk about this? Talk about we... our games I suppose and then Yeah. yeah. So you, you so came I, so I put mine, down some very different units. I tried to fit as many of my demon I, units I had. Um, so I used a bit of everything. Flamers, Crushers, Drones, Screamers, Plague Bearers, Horrors, so, Chorus Fate Weaver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, let, let's say, so we played three games over the weekend. Yeah. Okay, so the first game... I played, I played Demons all three times. I used my Tomb King army because I wanted yeah. to show you what I had done to Les. <laughs> you want um, to show me how horrendous two kings were. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the scrolls I took and why they're good and what what they do and what, why they're solid. So um, basically I took um, Necropolis Knights and more Necropolis Knights and more Necropolis Knights because basically Necropolis Knights are fucking amazing. So they've got basically they've got five They've got five wounds each. They get a model back a turn. They've got the damage output. They've got five attacks, a model, and on a six they do an extra mortal wound, and the snakes do D3 wounds. It's disgusting. And they've got a four-up armor save. They've got a four-up armor save in combat, five up from shooting. They're quite quick, but the best thing about them is that they are, for the keywords, they've got skeleton, they've got reanimate, they've got death rattle. So basically that means that all of the buffs work on them. So you can use your Necrotap buff, you can use your Team King buff, you can use, you know, they, they all work on the Necronites. The fact you get a free model back a turn is just immense. The fact your Lich Priest can heal them is, again, really good. And there just isn't really a downside to this unit. Now, under the Clash comp, they are very heavily under-comped at 1.5 pool choices for free. That's 15 effective wounds, healing 5 a turn. It's just... Just disgusting. Just disgustingly good. I mean, they should be about two and a half to three. Yeah, two and a half. Easily. Um, so, those, I took three, I took all the models I own of these. I did actually find another three, but, you know, that's besides the point. So, I've, I basically took nine, so I took three war scrolls of this. Now, I took, for characters, I took a Tomb King uh, with the um, Tomb Shield, which basically gives them a re-rollable armor save. Um, he's in there for my will be done. Uh, he's not particularly great, but there you go. I took a Necrotect, um, and two Lich Priests. And the Lich Priests, they've got um, auto to stop a spell, which is really nice. Um, and they've obviously got access to the heal spell and Arcane Shield, which is probably the go-to spell for for most games, to be honest. Um, 
because it, it you know, increases your armor. And then I took some horse archers. Now, the reason I took horse archers over normal archers, they're one poor choice for five, you get ten shots, whereas ten archers are 1.5 poor choices for ten. You get 20 shots if you take 20 in a unit, but they're slow. And the horse archers have got this really cool rule where they get, they get D3 models back a turn, they got two wounds each. They got ten effective wounds still, so they're about the same as the. But they move quicker, and they can shoot in the movement phase and move in the shooting phase. So you can do some really funky stuff with them. Um, so they're really good. Um, I took stalkers. Um, and the good thing about stalkers is you can put them off the board, and then just drop them on where you want, nine inches away. They've got a ten-inch shooting attack, which does mortal wounds. Um, they've got two attacks that do two damage. They've got reach. They've got rend. Um, and this is one thing about the two guilds I found a lot of stuff has rend, which is really good. Yeah. Um, Tomb Scorpions, awesome. I didn't take any against you, Terry, but I used them against Les. Um, they would be in my sideboard, really. Um, <clears throat> they've, they're really good at character hunting. Um, Screaming Skull Catapults are in my sideboard. I didn't play with those. Um, I did play with um, Free Shabti, which basically have a free up save against any damage one weapon. If the Necrotechs have been 18, they reroll ones, put them on a bit of terrain, that's a two up rerolling ones against most units. So they're really good at pinning in a unit of, of like normal dudes and just like, well, you haven't got multiple damage on your weapon, they'll grind you out. Um, really good. And the probably the star of the list, the star of the show is the Necrosphinx. It's just so good. <laughs> um, it can fly run and charge in the same turn and it's damage free on its scythe blades um if you roll a double six to hit you just kill up do 10 mortal wounds to a monster so yeah it's, it ran into so my horror unit didn't it yeah. oh, no, it was my screamy unit yeah and it just one shot the screamy unit then one shot yeah. the horror unit yeah basically in one round and then it it completely whiffed in another round but it's got 12 wounds it halves the wounds you do to it it's got a four up save um it's it's four comp points and clash. It's well under comped for what it is. Um, really, really fucking good. I can't Better than a soul grinder? Cheaper than a soul grinder. Yeah, why not? And yep. the fact it can fly and charge, it's it's solid. Um, so that's basically some of the units I took. I don't think I took anything else other than like those units. I believe that's no, all that I was had. It. Yeah, in my 20 pool. Um, so what did you have in that first game, Terry? In the first game, what did I have? Um, <laughs> six drones? Or three drones in the first game? You had some drones, basically. I had some drones. I had some crushers, because I wanted to give the crushers a fair shout, because I thought they were going to be amazing, looking at their rules. Um, I took a, a single cannon. I took some screamers, some flamers, some horrors, some plague bearers. Kairos, uh, Fameweaver. Um <laughs> Uh, what else did I have? Didn't you take Epidemus? And I had Epidemus and a Nurgle Herald. I basically you, took you, like you took a single beast as well. I took yeah, I took one single beast just to see what the mm. beast would be like. Um, and I think that was about it because yeah. the um, the monstrous cav takes up quite a chunk of the the points. Were they um, two pool choices for three drones? Or? Yeah, two for three or 1.5 for crushers. I think you pay the 1.5 and take drones any day of the week. Um, drones are the star of the, the the demon book. Well, book, war scrolls now. Looking at them, they're so just beat stick. They absorb so much punishment. They don't put out a huge amount, 
but they put out enough to just keep it ticking along. They grind well, don't they? They grind they well, new, yeah. They're the new beasts. Uh, well, yeah, the new beasts <laughs> are actually fiends, because beasts are now pretty shit. Well, beasts don't get... They're weird, because Nurgle have got the rule... Why don't you, if people don't know, what rule do they have that makes them so resilient, then? Uh, well, they have the five-up... Well, what's it called? Five-up mortal... Sa- uh, five-up invulnerable, basically, isn't it? Or just yeah, an so additional you take save. Your normal saves, or anything, and any wounds or more wounds you take, you get this... What is it called? Like, like disgustingly resilient. Yeah, that disgustingly resilient, and basically on a five up, you ignore it. Yeah, so it's it's basically so, a five up ward. They they kept their five up ward, and they got a better armor save. We did have a bit of a debate about when that happens. Whether you multiply the damage first, which I think you do, then you take your disgustingly resilient save. But we we ended up during the games, we just ended up playing it the other way around, didn't we? Bizarrely, I think it's just from old habits. I'm not sure. Yeah, because like. I don't know, do you take your save, then if you fail it, take the D6 damage, or do you take the D6 damage, then take no, six mortal you saves You take your it? save, but your the Disgusting Resilient isn't a save. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, that uh, comes after the... It's a... So you take your save, you take your damage, you inflicts a number of wounds, then the Disgusting Resilient, every time you inflict a wound on a five, it's ignored. So I'd imagine you'd multiply the damage, then, then you'd roll the save. save. So yeah. it's kind of a bit weird. You do like a save, multiply the damage, then take another save. It, yeah, it, that's that's how I read it. But you know, yeah, it's, basically, again, it's, beasts of Nurgle don't have yeah, they the don't have anymore. That. They don't have the resilience they used to have. They're not minus one to hit. They're not, you know, they do have six wounds each, which is quite tough. Um, they're good at putting out damage if they have a herald stood next to them. Um, but that's, I mean, like the Nurgle herald makes the units really disgusting. Yeah. It doubles the damage output of a Beast of Nurgle unit. Every single wound inflicted is doubled if a Herald of Nurgle or... Does it give you, on the Plague Bros, like, re-roll ones on your save? That gives you re-roll ones of an armor save. more wound as well. That's on the Plague Drones. Any any roll to six... uh, Any roll of six or more on a wound roll on any attack from a Plague Drone is an additional mortal wound on top of any normal damage it does, which is amazing in the grind because they have... Uh, what six attacks each? Uh, five attacks each. Yeah. So you and the get... shooting attack as well. Yeah, and the shooting attacks. Like, I mean, it's only a little chip away thing, but it's quite good. I mean, I think the thing they do lack is is rend and. Um... Demons don't really have much rend unless you take um, demonets or bloodthirsters. Or, or bloodthirsters. <laughs> yeah. So demonets uh, have rend, do they? Is that, that they have rend one? Right. Okay, uh, that's fiends, good though. Fiends don't have rend. But if they roll a six to wound or to hit, they rend two. Oh, okay. So they fiends do get a lot of a lot of rend if they roll well to hit. Um, also, um, fiends are now minus one to hit instead of no beast of Nurgle being minus one to hit. So, mm. and plague bearers also retain the minus one to hit rule if they're in a big enough unit size. Yeah, you get minus one against shooting if it's ten. Yeah. If there's twenty, you get minus two and minus one in combat. Yeah, so big plague bearer units are going to be absorbing most of your frontline damage. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, we'll, when we talk about tactics a bit after our thoughts of the wrap up of the games, basically the first game I basically charged my stuff in and, and just wiped out units in a round and. Yeah, and it then it slowed pretty... down a little bit, didn't it? Because Epidemus started to get his tally up, and then you complained how good he was. Yeah, I think it ended up where I had that real bad round, but basically all you had left at that point was Finkless Plague Bearers, Epidemus, and, and the Herald, and that was it in the middle of the table. Yeah, uh, um, the drones as well. 
Oh yeah, yeah the drones were fighting these Shakti, weren't they? But then uh, basically, I got the second unit of stalkers down um, that, that had gone on the other side of the board. You can pop them back under the ground and pop them back up again. Um, but basically, that the drones had gone, and then the the plate bearers that were about to get wiped out because they're basically fighting the whole army. Um, yeah. But basically, from in terms of learning points, the the way that the Tomb King army that I took, and obviously I played loads with this, it's designed around having a way to kill other people's buffing units. So you've got the Stalkers can come up from the ground, the Scorpions come up from the ground. If you put the catapults in, they can do it. You've got a way to kill those things, like the heroes and the wizards that buff the units, which is the which is what Age of Sigma is all about, the buffing of units and the synergies of, of stacking buffs and on top yeah. of your units and the units working together with buffs so that's why I think really when you look at Age of Sigma list that's really what you want to be looking at how to maximise your models in terms of get the most out of it and I'll talk about when I talk about my chaos stuff later <clears throat> but here's, um, oh here's something interesting I thought about actually after yeah. the games does it say you can't re-roll a re-roll in the new rule system yeah I think it does it does say that yeah I'm pretty sure it does because I was, I can't remember reading it, and then I thought about it afterwards. When you get like re-roll to hit, it's like, well, you can never miss because it it doesn't specify you can't. If it does, I I didn't read it, but it doesn't I'm specify sure it does. that you couldn't re-roll the re-roll. I'm, so effectively, I'm... you just infinitely hit until you hit. No, obviously not. Yeah. It, it, so it, it, I'm pretty sure it does, but but you know that you know not, I've got time to go check it now. But yeah, um, I'm hoping they managed to just squeeze that one rule in their four pages. <laughs> Well, it's the thing is, that sort of thing as well will get quickly house ruled anyway. That, yeah. That you won't re-roll, re-roll, and the same with like you don't auto hit, auto wound, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, my two, the Tomb King list, sort of the standout stuff for me. I, I basically concentrated on the stuff that's good. In into, I spent quite a lot of time looking at War Scrolls over the last couple of weeks. Um, and obviously I played a couple of games against Les with the Tomb King, so I had a good idea of what they did. Um. Yeah. And obviously, this is like your first game, wasn't it? So that was my first game of Age of Sigma, not using the starter box yeah. stuff. So it's my first time using the demons. But even with the starter box, you never played the two full armies. No, I played just all played the, the smaller scenarios. games. Yeah. Um, so we then decided that we would do another game later on, yeah. and I wanted to try out Warriors. Yeah. So, and I hadn't really spent a lot of time looking at the warrior stuff, but we basically were sat around just looking at lists and scrolls and rules, weren't we? And coming up with yeah. the list. So, what did you do to your demon army? What did you think? Oh, that wasn't drop, really drop working. Drop the crushers straight away. <laughs> but because... do, you, do you think that's a bit premature? Because you didn't get to really see what they did on the charge, and I think they've got render. They do more wounds if you roll sixes. Because yeah. I, I know I went into them straight away and killed them before they you, struck. You basically you killed them with. Six the same the same number of models, didn't you? No, I put five Necropolis Knights into Oh, was it, it five Knights? Yeah. Um, either, either way, they just instantly died. And I was like, well, they, they're not resilient, so I'm going to swap them out for more play drones instead. Um, right. I'll give them another shout, because I've got six of them, and I quite like the models. Because so. I think if you run a unit of six, they'd actually be quite useful. Yeah, I, well, that's the other thing we discovered, wasn't it? If you run units, you run them as big as you can. I think so. Like, there's no point in taking three drones and three drones. You take six, <laughs> then then that's a that's a proper unit. Then and again, it, it falls down to that buffing. Yeah, because you can't buff two units with one arcane shield, yeah. but you can buff one unit six with one and make it horrendously powerful. But then so, conversely, in clash, you need units to capture the objectives. 
So it's kind of a bit of a balancing act, but I think as long as you can get four or five capture units, you should be fine. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did I swap out? Um, I swapped in a single herald, I believe, because I swapped out the Nurgle herald. I swapped in a Zinch herald instead just to get some more spells and try out some more magic um, and some drop the flamers out. And I put five beasts of Nurgle in one unit, didn't I? Yeah, that's... So uh... I thought uh, five in a unit with that double damage thing will be quite fun. Um, but then the herald was nowhere near them to buff them anyway, so that didn't really work. Yeah, I think um, sort of again, this is this is a bit of a learning curve stuff that I learned in the games. That, and actually, I learned some of this in the games that me and Les played with the actual boss start set armies. You don't really want to run a unit off on its own. No, um, you want to keep stuff very close to stuff. You not, but not stuff too doesn't close. really fight independently very well. I think it. It does depend on what it is, but you, you kind of want to be in a position to support your army, but you don't want to be too close that you get bogged in, as we'll cover in a bit. But yeah. um, I took Warriors, and basically I I decided that I was going to take... I was looking through the War Scrolls, and I was trying to get the basically the maximum number of wounds for my points that I could get yeah. and make take the most resilient stuff. So I basically ended up taking a Chaos Lord on Demonic Mount and a unit of 10 Knights of Chaos. Now, the Chaos Lord on Demonic Mount, I gave the Mark of Zinch so he could reroll his armor save. The Knights of Chaos, I made them corn. Um, uh, you know, fluff reasons aside, I don't really care. Um, I just went, well, that's because the Blood Secrate Banner is so fucking good. I wanted to get the maximum most out of that. So I basically took corn Knights, then I took... 20 corn warriors and then I took 10 corn chosen I took 5 skull reapers I took uh, the blood secret banner 2 sorcerers on steeds obviously not corn uh, <laughs> and then I uh, I think that's it isn't it oh no 6 juggernauts 6 juggernauts just forget the juggernauts um, so basically um, yeah the, this this army's pretty brutal because you've got really good armour the sorcerers can pick a unit in 10 and give them a reroll ones on the save. Um, then the blood banner basically goes down, you don't take battle shock, and you get a plus one attack on all your melee weapons, which is just just, just disgustingly amazing. Um, the normal BSB is only a 4-up save, whereas this guy's got a 3-up save, so he's just he's just much better. He's just, he's just better at everything. Um, and he's only one comp point, so he's just Massive a Massive oversight. Massive no-brainer, to be honest. Um, the fact that the knights, the lord on Demonic Mount gives the knights a plus one to hit and a reroll charge, and it also affects him. That, that's pretty good. Um, you've got... gives you two arcane shields. It also gives you demonic power, which gives you reroll ones to hit to wound and armor, for which 18-inch range for the wizards on a five. Um, you get the chosen. When they go in, they kill something. All units within eight of the chosen get to reroll to wound. Just a huge buff. I mean, if you if you put your army in as a group, they go first. They kill something. All your stuff gets gets disgusting. I mean, you you think about the Chaos Knights. They hit on twos with that command ability, and then they're wounded on fours. But your fours rerolling is is significant amount of attacks. I mean, you're you're chucking out four attacks per rider and three attacks per horse. It's it's you know seven attacks a model. There's ten of that. Seventy attacks. It's crazy. I mean. I found that the the damage, it's not particularly rendy, but what it is, or multiple wounds, but what it is, is just sheer quantity of dice. Um, 
and when you get the bus going and the synergy going, it really does just just really take its toll. And they're so resilient as well because you've got good you've got that five up save against mortal wounds on almost all the units um, from from the normal standard dudes. So and the corn stuff's got a four up against spells, which as we talked about the last game is is pretty effective um, against certain builds. But basically, in this game, we were playing. What mission were we playing? We were playing the capture the six objectives. Uh, no, that was no, the last that was one. Last game. So we this were doing the flank attack. Flank attack. The one where the objective disappeared. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we we were playing that, and basically, I put a big unit of warriors on a hill, and then you charged the beasts, didn't you? And they just basically got ground out. Yeah. Um, and I put the crashers in the side. Once they were pinned in, and they were a bit isolated, um, the chosen went into the middle. I think I put knights in a wood, didn't I? I put two arcane shields on. Yeah, and I, and I you thought, well, six drones in. I'll, I'll charge in. I'll buff mine up. Or we'll see how it goes. But when you've got a two up reroll in ones, you just don't, you don't take any damage. No, who knew? Yeah. So they basically ground off the drones eventually. And um, I, how did I kill Kairos? I can't remember. Did I? Ch- I charged him, didn't I? Um, or did you know you charged him into the knights in the wood, didn't you? I tagged him in on the corner of the knights, didn't I, at then some point? Got, Eventually he, he just got ground out. He got other stuff coming in and, and, and This, this is the problem you realise very quickly using Greater Demons, is they're only good for one round of combat. Yeah. They go in, they spunk their load, they get hit once or twice, and then they just become shit. I think the more well, they're like, wounded, the weaker they get. The Lord of Change and Kairos are not very... I mean, I know you're saying they're quite good in combat, but they're not really for those sort of models. No. Not in comparison to some of the other books that are out there. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that, that was a, um, a bit of an insight into the, the sort of the, the warrior train. Um, and then we, we played in the next day, didn't we? We played another game. We played another game. So, just talk about your list a little bit here, because you, you significantly changed it, didn't you? So, I dropped out Epidemus and went basically for a Zinch magic gun line with a big block of plague bearers and a big unit of drones um, and some flamers. Two units of three flamers, wasn't it? Two mm. units of horrors. So it's effectively just a shooty magic gun line, like the old style with the Nurgle wall. Nothing, you know, the Lord of Change dropped in instead of Epidemus. Yeah, so basically uh, you had two... You Because Kairos knows the spells of the Lord of Change, doesn't he? Yeah, so I had double gateway, which... Um, is very effective against people that don't have mortal saves, that's for sure. Yeah, I think as well, um, in this game, your deployment is probably what cost you this game. Yeah, I had a plan, but you quickly undid it with your charge that I thought was completely impossible. I didn't realise you could do what you did, and it basically mm. made my game shit. Because you, you uh, deployed your army in like a big ball, didn't you? Yeah, I balled up behind all the Nurgle stuff. But you... And just pop the flamers out to the side, but you were able to charge round a unit. Um, well, I charged that the plague your target, and then I just keep kept moving the crushers round, and I engaged both units of flamers and the Lord of Change and the horrors because I got six of them. And yeah, because you rolled a horrifically long charge. What was it thirteen? One that plus yeah. you one, and you were able to par- charge past stuff, which I the. Basically, the charge you performed, I didn't think you uh, was well, I possible. Didn't, I didn't, didn't really charge past, I charged around, really, because there wasn't like there was models in the way. 
I didn't like charge through models. Well, no, because your target you declared was the one you could reach. I could reach all, any of them by going round, though. Because you don't have to move in a straight line. No, no, but the one you declared was the one that was really close. Yeah. And then you basically move one model towards it, and then the rest just went completely past the unit and yeah. just were with, with, within one inch. Yeah. Um, but which still, I, I, yeah. I didn't think you could do that. I thought when you charged a unit, you had to go towards the unit you charged. You couldn't go past it or round it. You just had to be within an mm. inch, you know, half inch or whatever when you finished your move. It was just the first model. Yeah. So and then you pile in I, and then you, if, you know. if people are fine, just not really understanding what I'm saying with that is when you play Russ at tribute, uh, clash, sorry, you're, you're, he'll make you cry. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think anyone, like, I, I would never have thought it was, the, could think of it the other way. I didn't think you could do that. Cause like, it just seemed very clear to me that, you know, it's very simple, it, it's very clear what you can do. So, you know, I just, I just, I did charge the plate bearers, I had to move the first crash within half an inch. Then I move the next one to, to the the sort of like basically thirteen inches it. away from him. No, no, like I, I put them past it. Wasn't no, it? they were still within an inch of each other. Oh yeah, they were when they finished the move. Yeah, yeah. But I I just moved them in like like the first one, and then I moved the next one, 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 and just strung out in a line, sort of lapping around the side of your army, engaging like three or four units. It allowed me to kill the flamers, um, and you you had the drones in a sort of half in a word but they weren't buffed so I went in with the knights on them and managed to do quite a significant amount of damage the knights got ground out but the um I think the biggest thing as well is like when you had that double gateway phase you targeted the crushers who've got a four up ignore the save and I think that was a mistake yeah um, but uh, and what you did do well is the, the chosen and the skull reapers got left behind didn't they so I, I only had, like, the warriors and, and, like, the crushes and the knights and the lord fight. Yeah, I think if the flamers had have been safe behind that wall, yeah, I think you'd, you'd have gone fine. in and the, you'd have lost that lost entire unit in one yeah. turn. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, the flamers, like, they had one shot on that wizard and just one shot him. Because uh, I moved him, probably didn't need to move him out, but I, I did just, just for shits and giggles, really. But I, as like I said to you after the game, is that if you had played differently and you'd use your Nurgle really as a wall and kept all your Zinch stuff behind just shooting and magicking, the Nurgle stuff is so tough, you just never get through that. And the double Lord of Change is just disgusting. I think yeah. you will ruin people at Clash with that. I really do. Yeah, I I think it probably will. And I think as well, what what like in your sideboard, you can take units that you take like two skull cannons because it gives you the chance if you're playing someone who relies on these character buffs you you can take stuff that can actually get round and, and shoot at them and kill them well it's more as well if I end up playing like a three war machine yeah. empire army or something that's just going to sit in the corner like a dwarf army and shoot cannons um, it allows me to actually get round but I honestly think your, your plague bearers and drones are just so resilient they wouldn't can give a shit yeah it's more that they just shoot off you know the the, the grey demons, but yeah, I suppose it's also um, getting rid of like the water and like the hurricane and get rid of that auto hit fucking. Yeah, you want to get rid of all that nonsense. And I think this is the key. This is the prob the weakness of that chaos list that I've got. It doesn't have a way to go out and kill those key pieces. It can't come up from behind. It can't shoot things off. It hasn't got offensive magic. It's that's the weakness of the army. It's reliant on that. Just outlasting and out-defensing and just out-grinding people. But the problem is I haven't got a way to go out and touch and kill the key piece that's going to be doing damage over the whole game unless I can get into combat with it. Now that's 
no different to Warriors in most editions, to be honest. But I'm probably going to sideboard in a Hell Cannon. In my sideboard, I'm going to have a Hell Cannon. Um, uh, if I'm going to take Warriors, which I probably am. I mean, I think the, the Tomb Kings is a lot stronger list. I think the Tomb Kings are a lot stronger army for this event. Um, but I will be taking probably my Warriors just because that's more what I want to play with, to be honest. And my Tomb Kings, from a modeling point of view, are a bit mishmash. Um, the different basing on them. Some are old, some are new, some aren't painted and not finished. I just don't really want to take like a pile of shit on the table. Um, I'd rather take my old warriors and then paint up my new some of my new corn stuff and mix it in. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that was. But I think that's the key point, And I know Brian's talked about it on his hobby blog is that Age of Sigmar is all about you need to kill the models that make the units effective. And you yeah. need ways to do that, and those are your priority targets. And regardless of anything else, and if you're playing with an army that uses them, you need to protect them the best you can. So yeah. that's using the terrain, that's using your arcane shield to buff the guy that you don't want dying, and things like that. Um, that and, and to me, that that's cool. That's that's the level of tactics in that in itself. Um, and so if you've got shooting troops, you want to maximise the shooting, you want to keep them shooting as, as long as you can, and, and they yeah. aren't very good in combat. I so think they if I'd have had it. two rounds of shooting with those six flamers, they'd oh, have you, shot yeah, off all those chosen... Yeah. Uh, sorry, all the knights and all the crushers with those double gateways as well. Yeah, I think if you were shooting the crushers with the flamers, and you were shooting the knights with the... All the magic. ...gateways, yeah, and only you've obviously got the, the... The fact is, I think you would have actually destroyed that what was fighting had enough left yeah. and then over six turns or five turns I should say is to destroy the my, my army's got a significant amount of wounds in it it's very hard to kill it all that's the other problem is it's really hard to battle shock your army because it's you have to do so much damage to get rid of one model and then you've got decent bravery and on top of that you can make units immune to battle shock yeah but that's why I'm very tempted to take two of that banner because yeah, it's so, so key to the up. army I don't want, like, if I've got one and he dies, that's going to be a significant issue. But then again, the same, I really like the, the wizards. I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, it could really take two banners, two wizards, and not even bother the lord. I don't know, that knights thing he gives the knight, ten man knight. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, cool. it's good. I mean, I'm probably going to have in my sideboard the, uh, I and mean, what I did actually realise is wrathmongers are really good because they give units within free an extra attack in the combat phase, but that doesn't mean you have to be in combat. So you could be behind your men fighting and give them the buff. Because yeah. it affects your enemy as well, so the enemy gets attacks as well. So, so you I'm... position them so that you're in range for you, but not in range for them. Yeah, exactly. And also, if they've got a unit like Retributors, you can chuck them in, suicide, basically, because what happens is when they die, you pick an enemy model and that model attacks itself or the unit is in. So you could basically go in, do your attacks, they kill you, you blow up and then they all die. So they can literally go in and just destroy a unit of stuff that's actually you don't really want. They're just going fucking jihad unit. Yeah, they do, basically. And and those guys obviously strike with an extra attack because they're effects. So, you know, you imagine like a unit of retributors hitting themselves after they've been attacked and then they've killed the guys back and then they blow up and then they so you're basically going to wipe them out and and to be honest as a one they are one pool choice in the clash comp for 15 wounds of these guys that's just it's just retardedly good I mean they've only got a 5 up save but it's just still really just good quick arcane shield bam yeah 
Iron yeah. Shield, put an Oculus so on. That's, so that's the other thing that made my list pretty resilient once once I worked out how to use it. But better was I had four Arcane Shields. Yes, yeah, ridiculous. With good. plus one the cast from the Lord of Change, and obviously then the Lord of Change and Kairos both do a thing where when you roll your two dice, the lowest dice equals the highest dice. So if you roll like a five and a one, you roll a ten. So Which seeing as Gateways cast on a seven, yeah, you basically need to roll a three on one of the dice. Yeah. Because um, you get your plus one, and I, I found this out afterwards. If you took the blue scribes, they allow you to re-roll to cast as well. Oh man! So you could have the blue scribes. Oh, and the blue scribes also steal spells. Um, so there's a lot of change, but obviously you never got in range for me to do that. Um, but yeah, you can just swindle everyone's gear, and you can also cast additional spells, and you know, because that's obviously the thing Carlos was doing was. Gateway, Gift of Change, Gateway on the Lord of Change, and then an Arcane Shield as well. Mm. So you, you get pretty good magic. And the thing that works with spelling as well. So if people are in range to cast on you, they're probably never going to get a spell off against you. Yeah, because so. that's the problem I had. I moved that wizard out because I thought I could try and unbind you. But then I was like, but I'm never going to get to unbind you because it's just so difficult. Because I think yeah. at one time you rolled a double six, didn't I you? I kept rolling double sixes at one point. And it's point. just like, well, like, well, you know, like a six and a two, which becomes a double six. It's like, well, yeah. I can't unbind that. And obviously on a roll of a five up, every time Kairos casts, he gets an additional plus two to cast as well from his special yeah. rule where you spell stuff backwards, which is not obviously being used. <laughs> yeah, but what Mo's done is that if you roll a dice on a five up, those rules come into effect. So it's quite a cool way of yeah. dealing with it, I think. Yeah, so you'll get it sometimes. It'll be quite cool. So... That's a sort of overview of our games. Now, I, I want to talk a bit more about lists and, and stuff, but before we do that, Les played a practice game for the event he's not going to as well, didn't you? Yeah, I played um, Rob Perrin. Um, he was sort of like one of the Western guys. He's moved moved to the area, and um, we, we had a game at the club, just uh, his first sort of like day down at the Chantal War Chiefs and stuff. So He's a top bloke, Rob, as well. Yeah, is he Dan, is it Dan Ford's brother? brother is that Rob Perrin? Yeah, yeah brother-in-law, I think, yeah. Um, so yeah, you come along and got initiated to the War Chiefs by Pano being a massive bell end like normal. Um, and yeah, we, um, we we had a game, and I, I mean, I'm probably not going to go into too much depth about like, Rob's list because it's I think what he's actually going to be taking to to clash. But um, but yeah, I, I kind of what took was he it, using though? He was using vampires. He was using vampires with a lot of cryptors. Yeah, and buffs. Yeah. So it's surprise, um, surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> units with buffs. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it, 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 his list works quite well. I think he has like a lot of problems, which the same as everything in Age of Sigmar. Is if you come up against anything that is any sort of like long range threat that can reach out and touch the characters, like we've already touched on, um, then it it kind of it, you know neuters the list. Um, and yeah, and I, I kind of brought along. I took out my what I had of my Sigmarine guys. Um, and we played a game, and it was apparent early on that I, whilst I had a, a reasonable game plan, as in like I wanted to spread him out because we were doing the capture four um, four points. Yeah. Um, whilst we had a, a, like you know I had a reasonable game plan, and I didn't want to sort of like with his three units of crypt horrors, I, I felt like I couldn't really. Um, couldn't really fight them on his terms because he deployed them in a line and ran at me really, mm. and there was never going to be any way. It's like if I engage one, then it, I'd have to engage it sort of like to its far side so that I couldn't get dragged in with the three inch 
um, the for each pile in. Yeah. So um, I spread my army out a little bit. Um, and but using Stormcast Eternals. Stormcast, right? yeah, I had. Um, I put like I put all the characters down. So what did you you, you took just go through like what models okay. you had and stuff? You um, see all the characters. Oh yes, they? sorry, yeah, I had. Um, so basically, I put down three units of uh, liberators. Yeah. Um, a unit of angels. Um, two units of three hammer guys with the big hammers. Yeah. And the characters, which are sort of like uh, dragon dude. Um, so they go on the Drakov, the Relictor, BSB, the yeah. Celebrant, uh, um, sorry, Lord Celestant, which is the Hammercloak dude, and the Lord Castellan, which is the guy with the lands. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I, I basically, I, I'm not even sure if I, I looked at it and I was like, I think this is right, because I did it off my phone quickly. I, honestly, the Stormcast pulls are really like, like, take what you like. You can take huge army with it, to be honest. But looking at it, that list was, I, I needed shooting in that list. Yeah, 100% need you shooting in that list without the range because when you play the starter game, the 12 inch magic or the 12 inch shooting that you get from sort of like the Drakoff and the die three mortal wounds that you get from the the, the chaplain guy, mm. you know, that's a big that is you know it, it seems fine when you're playing something that has sort of like arcane bolt. And, and arcane shield like multiple times that 18 inch range that they have is a lot obviously it's a massive difference um so um so yeah i, I you know it was I, I felt like i was on the back foot generally because i didn't feel like i had a, a, a list i took more like what i had just because i haven't sort of like fleshed it but I, I think the stormcast eternals in general don't have a lot of options no. at, at the moment at the I, moment but i'm, I'm sure yeah. you know go see with me but um, but yeah, it was just it was it was a fun game. I, I actually, even though Rob fucking battered me, um, I, I actually really really enjoyed it. Um, it you know there was a couple of like quirky moments where I was um, I engaged one of his units, one of his um, cryptor units, and made sure that I when I engaged the unit, I was out of three inches of the other unit so that he couldn't pile in. And, you know, and stuff like that, because he deployed in such a way that they were, well, moved forward in such a way that they were really close together, both units of Crypt Horrors. So I made sure that I dragged the one unit away um, in the previous turn where I charged it with um, a unit of Liberators. So if you imagine three units in a line, mm. uh, I charged the, the far left-hand unit on the left-hand side of that unit so that when he had to pile in, he had to pile in towards me, which then dragged that unit away from the middle unit. So I could then engage that unit on its left-hand side. So then, then I, w- I wasn't getting drawn into like a protracted fight with two units of crypt horrors. Does that make sense, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I got that. Yeah. So I was trying to do that so that I could sort of like take them down piecemeal. Um, I managed to get both units of the the double-handed lightning hammer guys into a unit of uh, I think it was seven or six crypt horrors, and the Drakov guy in, um, and I did it. And I was like, usually at the club there's a lot of banter going on and um i was a bit distracted by giving pano a load of abuse um and when i charged into the unit i mistook that that unit had double arcane shield on oh no yeah so um so crypt horrors are quite good when you've got double arcane shield on there are units all to be fair yeah so they they had a save um and i rolled particularly badly with the double-handed lightning hammer guys um and basically bounced off the crypto unit, um, he has uh, some quirky little tricks that he's pulling with his with his list. Mm. 
which are quite cool. And I'm, I'm not going to go into too much, but let's just say it makes it really bust the crypt horrors quite well. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot in the the game yeah. like around that um, at the moment, and I think that's kind of the thing that Stormcast kind of fall down a little bit on. Yeah, not having a mage to unbind spells is is massive for Stormcast Eternals. Not being able to unbind that dice three mortal wound, um, you know. It, but I don't think most people would anyway, because you know, wizards are never in range. No, it's it's just I I find it a little bit sort of a little bit difficult to sort of like trying to keep it at range, especially when you've got double wizards that cast two spells a turn and stuff. I found it a little bit um a little bit hard. Um a couple of points that I found in the game is that I really, really liked the the lantern guy um with his um with his griff hound. I think his command ability is amazing. Oh uh, yeah, especially when you put it on the dragon guy. Oh, what's it do again? Two up save. Well yeah, it plus one to your save. save, yeah. Yeah. So he's in a words good save. Well, I, I think it's if you put all six retributors in one unit and it just went, yeah, they got a free up. Yeah. You just walk through an army with that, I think. Yeah, no, is that? Yeah, it's, it's, I've spread them out because I, I should have put them in one unit, really, to be honest. But uh, your, um, the Clash comp's been updated for Stormcast. I just looked at it now, actually. They're quite, they're quite heavily comp now. Probably a little bit too much, in my opinion, actually. Yeah, I, I haven't. I, I didn't even look. I just had the one off my phone. It was a bit random, really. I, I think, think your army come to 20.5, I just worked out. So. Did it? So yeah, that's I'll probably just take out the, the Griffin one. So. Well, I I think the Liberators should be one point five, not not two or not, words, not what they are. But it was a, it was a fun game. I um, I really enjoyed it. I, I found the the Angel guys a bit sort of lackluster. I think I probably would have took a few different bits and pieces in, in the list looking at it. Um, just generally the characters I found like the two characters I'd never played with. I found them absolutely amazing. The 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 actual the guy with the the, the lantern. He was just fucking churning through people. That three attacks hitting on threes, wounding on threes, damage two each, red one. He just fucking twat stuff. Yeah. Um, the the Griffhound as well getting extra attacks by being near him. When it attacks, it gets to move dice six out of the way, so then it can't be struck back because you know it's it's quite good. You can just go in, you attack with it first. He's got like a, th- a three up save anyway, though, the, or four. Up, I think it's a three up save, so he's pretty resilient if you can get him into the right things. I found him pretty good. Um, the dude with the the sword and the hammer, um, he went into five crypt horrors on his own. Just to see what you could do, yeah, um, and held him up for two turns. Well, not two turns, two rounds. He died eventually, but he took them all down with him. I think if he was supported, he's a he's a beast. If he goes in with a little bit of support, yeah, I think his his cloak thing does it's a D six mortal wounds or something. Um, yeah, it's basically D six attacks that do D three mortal wounds each or something like that. I can't remember. No, but that's it. It's, it's D six attacks that do on a four plus do a mortal wound. Yeah, and um, so I obviously I went in and then I rolled a one for the D six attacks. Which was um, a little bit frustrating, but like Rob was saying, is it a shooting attack though? It's a shooting attack, so I did it um, out of range, and then I did it in the next round as well. So I rolled like ones and not did put wounds on. Mm. Um, Rob was saying he goes that could have been massive if that had gone off. If you'd rolled more than a one, um, the same way as like if I hadn't if he, I hadn't gone into the the crypt horrors with the the arcane shield, um, they would have been um, it would have been a, probably a different story. You know, rolling. Running with the the double handed hammer guys and not getting sixes is, is you know to do the, that extra damage is is a little bit frustrating. But you know, is all in all, I've always I've always had fun playing Rob. He's an absolute top bloke, and you know, I, I felt like there was definitely a tactical swing to the game. I think I messaged you, I emailed you the next day. Didn't yeah, I? he did. Yeah, so um, you said I'm in. Yeah, said I'm in. I'm out of clash, but I'm in. Um, yeah, it was well confusing. I'm in, yeah. but I've told Mar I'm not going. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's I, I saw I saw a, a tactical element to it. I think I had to just let go of the fact that it's not Warhammer and it you know, is Warhammer. It's, it's not eighth edition. It's not eighth edition. And I think I think there is definitely an element to it. I, I'd be interested to see how the game progresses moving forward because uh, to me the the war scores at the moment, some of them seem really, really powerful and i'd like to i think perhaps the game wasn't designed with those war scrolls in mind it was more of a quick fix and i'm sure this is treading yeah. over grain and stuff but yeah but let's be honest eighth edition had units like that didn't it yeah and i just the, i'm excited descriptions here sound like eighth edition people talking about big units and buffing them it's yeah. you know getting deja vu yeah it's i'm just excited man i'm after playing that game with rob even though i got like he properly spanked me I'm excited about playing games. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about playing games. I mean, I'm excited about getting my getting Stormcaster Eternal Army done. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything till about November, like fan, uh, what age Sigma wise, just because I want to take the Stormcast Army out. And you know, I think it's uh, being realistic. I'm going to need till November to paint it. Um, you know, I may rebase my Dark Elves. I've seen like a really interesting thing um, online, I think it was Mengel's Miniatures, where he's clipping the edges of the bases of his square bases, and then yeah. base them on 25s. That's what I said to you you could do, didn't I? Yeah. You were worried about the feet, I said you could just cut the bait around the base, and just stick it on another base, and then just filler it. Filler it It'd up. be quite high, but, you, you know, you, you, I mean, if you, you could even use disc bases from, like a lot of historical games have round discs, they're quite get them from, like, um, What's the company called? Rendar or something like that. But they I do think like Johnny's got loads. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and, and like you could put them on those, and then then although you're stood on a base on a base, you wouldn't be overly tall. Um, yeah. If you use like a GW round, you might be quite high up. Yeah, I think a twenty will fit on it. If I what I was tempted to do is clip it and then sand the base a little bit and then stick it on a twenty and then trim the edges and then bulk up the edges with like with snow because yeah. obviously my dark elves and I don't know I just it, I've got like I've got twenty um so I've got ten coldwood knights and I've got thirty executioners and it's like I might rebase them I'm not sure so I've rebased them on style of the army and I'm not sure what I want to do yet I keep getting I, tempted to rebase it so. I think you should rebase it then you can use it and then you can sell it as an age of sigma army anyway yeah. Because I'm not using it at the moment, and I think, I think. And you only got it out at like two events, didn't you? Yeah. Or one. I don't know what it is about it. I just it doesn't quite. I don't know. It's it's, it's not. Doesn't tickle your balls. Yeah, it doesn't quite tickle my balls the way I thought it might do. Saying that though, I think with it might be fun to play. I've got like the the I've got all the the Phil fun I really for the list apart uh-huh. from the bit here and there. Well, I think in the new rules you don't have the filth. That's the problem. You've got to paint it, aren't you? Well, yeah. Fucking. Executioners, man. It's all about the Xs. Yeah. Um, I think what I'd say though, as well, like the what we've got to remember is that Dark Elves are out of order, aren't they? Oh yeah, man. So events that allow you to stick to your four factions, you could mix your Stormcast and your Dark Elves together. Yeah, I've I, to be honest, it's, there's a lot of stuff in there, and I'm getting a little bit excited about the possibility of doing a, a new, uh, a different army again already. Like me and you were talking about, I've I've proper got the horn for the idea of doing like a, a tree spirit army backed up with yeah. wood elves. That ridiculous value box set. Yes, and they, <laughs> God, it's I've, so cheap, got, isn't it? I've already got like two tree men for wood elf release. Um, we can have and, five then. Yeah, it'd be amazing, man. Um, you know, get them on some oval bases, do some circle based dryads. Um, I think there's definitely going to be some more releases into it. Cause yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they, they, they've they're obviously they've got quite a big um, role in the um, the, uh, the sort of the, the storybook. Yeah. So, wow, is that really what you get in that box set? Yeah, man. 
That is crazy. Twenty percent off GW and then sell like discount from Element or whoever uses. hundred and eight pounds on your website, and you get what free treatment, a branch wraith, and what thirty six drives. I think it's three and it's twelve. Yeah, it's basically the old box set, but they've added the. It's the old. Is it? Was it? Was that Dryker or? Yeah, yeah, Dryker or or one of the characters. Yeah, Yeah, um, Dryker. It's it's ridiculous value for money. So it's, like the, I mean like the treatment box set, is that a thirty five quid box set? Yeah. yeah. So basically that's ninety and like the treat the drives are twelve, weren't they, for eighteen uh, or something like that? Twenty. Twenty. So fuck me, that's a that's a good yeah. buy. Sorry, I am a bit distracted there. <laughs> so, no, but so, it is, that's it's, it's so cool. It's just Christmas to... deal value. Like this is what I said when I wrote the email shot about it. Normally you'd you'd expect this to come at the end of the year around Christmas, mm. but they've just popped it out. Lovely models as well. Oh, yeah. God. I'm probably excited about the thought of doing that. As, and also, as long as you're happy with mold lines, you'll be fine. Yeah, fucking dry out. Dry brushing. But yeah. I've also, back in the day when I started the Demon Army, I was going to do a Slanesh Army. And I built, uh, I'm not sure, but a few people might have seen my Fiends of Slanesh that I've done. Well, I've got another three of those built that I need green stuff in and painting. I've got a, a Keeper of Secrets conversion out of the, the Boobor model and a Inquisitor scale sort of like um, Death Court Assassin. Oh, right, yeah. I've also got 60 Demonettes that are cleaned up and off, not on bases. Sounds like an army yep. to me. Convenient. Yeah, and I keep. I was going to do sort of like. I remember showing you a tester a few years ago. Where yeah. I ended up doing like a real pale orange with blue. Yeah, you got to say you were using orange, weren't you? Yeah, it's a bit and, weird. You know, and I, I think if I use my demon, obviously I've got those fiend models that I've already painted. Pop them off the the bases, repaint them in the orange scheme with the two ever with the other three fiends. Mm. I've got six of those cool fiends that I've got. Get some seekers because I think they're really good. Yeah, seekers of the new filth models are cool as well. They're yeah, awesome. The chariots on those big oval bases. But, well, you could even put warriors in the list and mix, yeah. have Slanesh warriors mixed well, with Slanesh demons. I've, I've got some reasonably well painted Slanesh, war- 10 Slanesh knights, yeah. um, 20 Slanesh halberd warriors, you know. Yeah, There's right. lots, of, lots of options which have got me. It's like I've got stuff that I can add to if I ever wanted to. I mean, I've got a demon, I've got a Slanesh, the bulk of a Slanesh demon army there, sat there doing nothing that's. Completely cleaned up. I've got thirty dryads painted, like based, uh, not based, sort of like cleaned up. I've got two tree men put by. I could quite easily expand into any direction I wanted to with what I've got. Um, the only reason I'd be a little bit unsure about doing much more else with the dark elves is because I think aesthetically that there's going to be something that unites the elves together when they eventually yeah, get. Yeah, I think so. When they find them, they when, them. Yeah, when they get to them. But yeah, I mean. Just generally, it's like when you look at it, you know, what, if this is someone who was really unsure about the, what he wanted to do with the game, you know, up until, you know, four days, four or five days ago. And now I've finally just sort of turned the corner in my head and went, I'm, I've played a couple, I've played a couple You've of games. You've got over it, haven't you? Yeah, I've got over the shock, you know, of what, of the change. And I'm excited about it now. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be my only game system because I'm a little bit in love with another one, but. Yeah. I'd definitely be playing. I definitely, you would definitely see me at an Age of Sigma event before the end of the year, and I will be going and I will thoroughly enjoy it. I'm sure. You know, it's, I'm excited to to be on the same. I mean, obviously, some people pick up tactical games a little bit more than others, like quickly, like I think yourself and you know, um, I'm sure like Carmichael, Brian Carmichael and stuff. Obviously, the way he's thinking and stuff about the lists, I'm sure you guys will pick this stuff up quicker. Than yeah, the, I mean, but, I I fully expect to go to Clash and and get battered a bit around because i mean i don't think the warrior list is is as good as no perhaps what 
Terry got exposed to because it's lacking those elements I was talking about. It's a good counter to what I was running as well. It was the, yeah, the magic it was a resist bad matchup for you because your main damage was neutered by the fact my models have got that extra save against it. And I got round your resilience or your Nurgle by just sheer weight of number of dice. So yeah. it's just exciting times, man. Like going forward, and I think that's the key point, isn't it? It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I we'll, we'll take a break in a minute, but yeah, I just want to say that I've been really infused for when I've had time and not been so tired. I didn't want to do it for in terms of hobby. Like my the corn stuff, I'm really excited about just getting a massive chaos army together. Get all my demons because I've got all my I've got all the Nurgle demons, I've got all my Zinch demons. I found a box of Zinch stuff cleaned up with pins, not on bases. So I found like 30 horrors. Oh man, that's like four uh, two exalted flamers, two heralds on discs, two exalted chariots, um, six screamers. So I, I've yeah, I've, I've got a lot of. Of demons and, and warriors, so I'm basically just going to keep going on the chaos train at the moment. I'm really excited about the new chaos box sets coming out: the flesh hounds, the blood reavers, the the, the chosen box with the, the the blood warriors. I'm just I'm all on it at the moment, and I I just want to I I want to just just keep it going. And, and the minute, and actually one thing I'm really excited about, and this is maybe a little bit lame, is one is the train, but also doing the um. Like when you get your Stormcast together, we're going to do on that that bank holiday weekend, aren't we? We're going to play some games and play through the missions yeah, man, in the I'm book sure. and 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 do a little bit of a story driven, you know, with my corn and your Stormcast doing the actual the the sort of the first fight in the Brimstone Peninsula with Korg's Cole and the, the thing, and it's going to be amazing. I'm actually really pumped for it. Like looking through, um, like again, Pano had the book at the club. Um, yesterday and i was like flipping through it and like the the mission with the castle and stuff like the chaos yeah where it just it just i think the game is going to be it's going to come alive a lot more when you start playing the missions and the scenarios and i mean yeah like i, I think it's the end of battle line and there's going to be scenarios in every single different game now yeah I, I think that for me it's like just sort of like i mean coming over to yours like hanging out and and playing those games and just like you know i mean you just chash in do stuff yeah. anyway, but it's like it i think it's going to be a really it's i think that will be i mean at the moment i'm sort of like i'm there i'm there i'm on board and i think like playing through the the, the scenarios and stuff's really going to sort of cement it for me um you know all of the obvious problems aside i think as a game that you can play with mates and enjoy it's great and yeah i think so so that's a great excuse to paint beautiful models yes yeah exactly so, so let's have a little break there, we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about what we're, me and Terry take to Clash and we'll talk a little bit about, well we've, we've sort of covered a lot there anyway, um, maybe just talk about our little plans for the future and stuff. And... Okay, we're back, uh, we're going to talk about our lists. Um, uh, just before actually we do that, um, we did actually get the date of Clash wrong um, in the previous show. It's the 22nd and 23rd of August, not the bank holiday weekend. Um, so, uh, we obviously haven't submitted lists yet or determined exactly what we're taking, but have you got your what you're planning to take at the moment, Terry? I've got my rough 30 pulls down based on what I have available and the amount of time I have to paint additional stuff. So it's kind of my 8th edition demons plus new bits or bits that I was already working on or bits that I haven't seen the table because I used them in one event and they weren't used again. Um, so we've got two skull cannons 
this will be my whole pool thing, so not just my 20, my whole 30 pools. So two Skull Cannons, Epidemus, Kairos, Lord of Change, uh, six Plague Drones, uh, 30 Plague Bearers, 20 Horrors, six Flamers, six Screamers, uh, five Seekers of Slanesh, five Flesh Hounds, and I believe there was one more thing. Um, some Crushers, three Crushers. Possibly, I might just take three more drones if I paint three more drones in time. Because <laughs> um, just drones. Just, Do you think yeah. six flamers is enough? It, well, unfortunately, that's half the shot cap. Oh, okay. That's six flamers is eighteen of the shot cap. Six drones is another six. That's twenty-four. There's right. my twenty horrors. That's another twenty. So I'm already at forty-four out of forty. Plus two skull cannons, forty-six. So I'm already over shot yeah, cap. So I can never so. put it all down. Mm. Um, it's 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 frustrating that the drones have a shooting attack that's fourteen inches and not twelve. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I mean, hopefully that fourteen-inch shot is not included in the cap in future. I mean, the twelve-inch like shooting blowpipe thing was like a hang-up from eight. I don't even think you need a shooting cap. You just need to adjust the pools to compensate for things that have got missile weapons. Yeah. So once you do that, you could have an army that all shoots. It's just that the fact you have less models because they yeah, all shoot. Yeah, you just won't have many you models. Just, I just think you don't need to have a shot cap. You just yeah. need to comp the shooting units harder than the normal combat units yeah. because they're effective at range. And I, you know, that I think that will solve. You don't need to then say, oh, you got forty shots because you know it just supports units that that armies that don't need to take. Um, a lot of effective shooting because I think bolt throws only come out of three, right? Because of the new change. So that's oh, twelve not, shots. Are they in, what one bolt throw is twelve shots? No, it's three because it's a war oh. machine. So war machines count as three regardless. I think. I thought that was an additional three. No, no change. He's changed it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Wow, that means you could take like. I yeah, know because they're capping cap. war machines, aren't they? So you yeah, just you've still take, got a cap. But... So you take three bolt throwers, and that's nine of your shot cap. That's horrific. Yeah, but then you could put in like normal shooting as well. So yeah, you, you can put your dark hor- riders. That's horrible. In that's so dumb. No, I don't. I don't think we'll see, won't we? I mean, I, I think that's the point. When when I was talking to Mo about this, he said, "Well, we just don't know enough about the game to know what." So he just, I know you could make an educated guess. I mean, I've done a formula based on effective damage output and effective damage soak um, to do with how many effective wounds per scroll basically to come up with a way it's not a perfect yeah. system because it doesn't take into account synergies and special rules and actually I'll just give a little shout out to a guy that contacted me um, about he's writing an app so um, let me just get his email up so uh, Matthew Hogan contacted us so he's a basically a software engineer. Listen to episode eleven, uh, and he's working on a app to balance games. So what he means by that is it's like an app that you, you choose your war scrolls and it would give you like a number, which is your like your army power rating. Yeah. So you could then, if you were in like a pickup game, you could say, "Have you got this? Have you got this app? Download it. You input the, da- the, the data in, and you go, "Well, I've got a power rating of 30." And he goes, "Well, I've got 20. So do you want to take that out? I reckon I'm down to 22. I'm on 21 or whatever. It's about an even game." So he's talking about um, he's it's, it's work in progress. He's basically doing um, very similar. To, I asked him a question about how is he coming up with this number. And he basically he's looking at um, killiness and ability to survive, a bit like what I said. Yeah. But he's um, 
he's also going to try and capture um, synergy. So he, he wants some input from the community. I've asked him, uh, well, I haven't as yet. I want to ask him for a little bit more pointed, like how do people get in contact with him if they've got comments or want to be involved. So probably next show I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But basically he's he's trying to get some community support, um, saying that it, you know he likes people like Wargaming because it's statistical in nature and um, he wants larger samples of sample size of people to use the app and talk about it because you'd be able to give um, give more accurate data basically so you don't think there'll be any working app out for a long for a while for a while because he's, he's got quite a busy life um, but he did say he wanted to shout out and see how much of the community is interested in supporting such a system so I will give you contact details once he tells me how he wants people to get in contact but I just thought I'd put that out there it's quite an interesting concept that there is something that someone's actually working on, like a an application-based method, which it has. He's got a YouTube video that shows you him using it, and it's got all the stats, rules, and options. So the, the, it sounds the, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's basically uh, a bit more of a switched-on way to come up with a, a comp number. But yeah, but anyway, it's a bit of a tangent. But so you're you're doing. You've got a lot to paint then, or are you you going to be all right to get all that um, done? I've got to paint one plague drone. Um, I've got a pain. Or four. No, no. I'll, <laughs> I'll take the crushers because then I can give them a fair shout over yeah. five games. So I'll be able to actually play them against certain things because they might be amazing against really heavy armored stuff because yeah. of the mortal wound effect and the and the charging from the D three impact yeah. hit type thing. Um, so and I just like them; they're cool. I like the models as well. Um. Yeah, I've got to paint these two skull cannons. Um, that's the main problem. That's that'll be the time consumer is yeah. the two skull cannons. Um, but I'm going to do them both at the same time. Going to batch them with the airbrush, get all the mm. base colors down quick, and then, you know, free color minimum. Bam, job done. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got much else. Um, I am going to paint a couple more flamers just in case I roll the special rule to get more back. All oh, right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because when you kill a flamer. You roll a dice. If you roll a six, it turns into two flamers instead. Is that just generally? Um, you have to have a herald nearby. Ah, okay. That's I'm, I've got a zinch herald for one of the lists to, to try out as well. Um, I wanted to give the changeling a look as well. He's got some interesting rules that'd be quite frustrating to play against. Yeah, he seems a bit strange. Because you like deploy him in your opponent's army, move him around as if he's your opponent's army. They can't attack him unless a hero reveals him. So you kind of pull the heroes away, and then you can just pop out and just start blowing stuff up. So, don't know, it'd be interesting. interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah um, so just sort of standard sort of stuff, really. I, I kind of want to give the flamers a good shout as well. I think they're going to be good fun. Yeah. Might take might take nine. Don't know. Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? The problem is um, though, is you want your twenty horrors. That's half shot cap gone straight away. You need it for the magic, really, don't you? You want those you two. Need those six spells a turn. Yeah. Bender. You want those six spells. So I, I was just so happy I got to double gateway again. It felt like fantasy. <laughs> it felt yeah, like Warhammer. Exactly. All those gateways. Out, you've got your gateway. Yeah. It's like it doesn't yeah. sound that dissimilar, does it? Two skull cannons, Kairos, twenty horrors, thirty plague bear. <laughs> yeah. Epidemus, <laughs> loads of drones. Loads of drones. It's, Flamers, it's Screamers, Flesh Hounds. So you're not, you're not taking your beast at all then? 
I they're just comp too hard because they're like one comp per beast, aren't they? It's one comp per beast, which is they're just not. It's got not a, good. It's anymore. got to be a hang up from eighth edition, yeah. isn't it? That Three is. drones is two. Yeah, two, just drones are so much better. Just yeah, it's... no beasts. It's because they're amazing in eighth. Beasts were horrible. People, they were like the bane of people's existence playing demons. They hated them. They're just not that good now. Hmm. Drones and fiends. Yeah. So I'm with that. So at the moment, I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm taking warriors. Um, and I've got a few options around what I take because I've got a shitload of models. Um, I was tempted to take Galrock, um, but at the moment I'm leaning towards this, which is a Chaos Lord on Dominic Mount, uh, Chaos Sorcerer Lords on Steeds times two, uh, two scrolls worth of warriors, that's 20 warriors, um, two scrolls worth of knights, that's 10 knights, two scrolls worth of Chaos Chosen, that's 10 chosen, uh, one Blood Secretor banner, which I might up to two, um, two War Scrolls of Skullcrushers that I don't think they are as good as Knights, but I've got the models, they're painted, yeah. fuck it. Uh, that's six, six Skullcrushers. Uh, one War Scroll of Skull Reapers, one War Scroll of Wrathmongers, one Blood Stoker, a Hell Cannon, uh, a Corn Lord on Juggernaut, and Dragon Ogres. Now, it's a bit random. The Blood Stoker is half comp point, which is good, but he's a hero, which is bad. So he'll probably never ever get into the list. Um, he's only there, I don't know, he's got an interesting effect, um, for whipping up corn units. And, um, what he would allow me to do is get my chosen up the field with my knights and my crushers so they can get into combat quicker to get the buff, basically. Uh, the Wrathmongers are great. They're a great little buffing unit, but I've got to paint basically the Skull Reapers, the Wrathmongers, the Blood Soaker, and the Blood Secretors. So basically all the corn stuff that's new uh, for my new army. Uh, they're all on round bases. They're not going to be coherent with my snow basing, uh, but I don't care. I just want to take the models and um, play with the army, really, and use some of the corn stuff. Um, I, I I don't know about the character setup. I think the two sorcerers, the banner and the lord on the mount is pretty good. Um it was yeah, pretty solid it's pretty solid then like I said the, my biggest worry is not having a way to reach out and touch people's key buff pieces and um, the hell cannon would allow me to do that but the hell cannon is 4.5 on the comp which yeah. is massive but so it I, does do a, t- a ton of damage if it hits it doesn't do massive amounts I mean it's good at killing hordes of infantry, but I don't really need that I need to pinpoint heroes you know it's it is okay but it's i mean the biggest the biggest benefit of the hell cannon is that you can hide it behind a piece of terrain and shoot stuff um yeah the, oh, on the side. no but on a roll of one it runs at the enemy so it'll run out of that cover so um yeah but then I, you block it with the crew yeah well that's what i was saying <laughs> maybe you could but i probably wouldn't try that and it is a bit interesting because in the hell cannon is 2d6 the crew move free so does that mean that the Cannon would move 2d6, and then the crew have to like move separately, or does he move does together? Does it just run or? off and leave the crew behind? It, it's a little bit ambiguous, um, which kind of makes me lean towards the not taking it route because I don't like shit like that. Um, if I take it, I'm probably going to have to email Mo and ask him for a rule in on it. Um, but I, to be honest, um, the other option is to take like a mutant lift or X beast or. Uh, Use and use my soul grinder, but I don't really want to take a mishmash of models. I don't mind having like the corn stuff 
on Corn Basin or around on the old Warrior stuff on the Snow Basin, but I don't really want to take like random models throughout my whole collection. But I have got a lot of other options. I could even put a War Shrine in rather than the Hell Cannon. I've got War Shrine. I've got Chariots, but I don't rate them at 1.5 comp per chariot. I think they're overcomped. Um, I've got like obviously got like Marauder Horsemen, Chaos Hounds. I've got um, I've got lots of options. I've got lots of characters. I've got Disc Heroes, and Disc Heroes are really interesting because they're 16 inch moving and they've got a plus two to their armor if they're fighting something without fly. So effectively, they've got a two up armor save standard, which is crazy. Just grind forever, I would imagine, wouldn't they? Yeah, the right and they—they're quite nasty. They could quite a bit of damage in combat. They've still got—I think they do TD three damage and hit on freeze, wind on freeze, or whatever. So they, they do it. They're still a character. I mean, I could even take a mighty Lord of Corn uh, because I quite like his reality splitting axe and the fact he can unbind spells and he's going to be pushing up the table. So you can push him up the table. He can unbind spells, but you're not worried about keeping him back because he's not a wizard himself. Um. Plus the fact he's quite handy. If you're playing someone who's got a lot of monsters, if he does a wound, it's R5 up, it's dead. Um, the only issue with him, he's not particularly resilient. I mean, he's got a free up save six wounds, but, you know, one of the, one Thunder Tusk, I'll take six more wounds. Okay, just lost my lord. Um, his command ability is. One, one okay. gateway. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> yeah. So, there's plenty of stuff. I mean, gateway's not too bad, because you, I think he's got a, a save against magic, but. Yeah. Um, it's the stuff that just does more wounds is is, is an issue. <clears throat> but um yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited. I, I kinda of just want to play games and see get a feel for the game. I don't I'm not really going into the tournament to try and win it. I You've think, taken a pretty good list though, I think. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's I think there's gonna be stuff there that's just gonna blow my mind. Yeah, I think Empire Gunlines will just shoot you off the table. But not just that, you'll get you'll get combos because I haven't looked at the war scrolls for stuff like Vampires, Empire, High Elves. You're just going to come up to a table and someone's going to go, yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this. You know, it does what? Yeah, I've, um, I've heard Terror Guys are horrific now. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, for me, I'm probably going to go into it with my eyes As a learning open experience. and just basically yeah. get a feel for what stuff does and what people are taking. It, it's exciting. It's a new meta. It's a new game. It's It's a new... Mo is releasing the list though, which is something to look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I'm looking probably, forward to having a read of those. Up. I think we should probably do a when we get that, get probably go and have a look at some of the interesting War Scroll selections. Yeah, and I think as well, it's how much do I want to utilize the sideboard, or am I just going to go? Well, that's my twenty. I guess that pretty much all the time. I, I think um, the sideboard is key. No, I think so. I think so as well. But I, I mean, for me, like the the Tomb Kings just seem like such a good option. Because with the sideboard, you can turn the army into a gun line. Yeah, I'd love to have done that with, like, 8th edition. So yeah, you have your 2,400-point army, then a 600-point sideboard to swap stuff in and out. Yeah. Like, that would have just been so good. But then, obviously, it fucks up rare percentages and special, and mm. it's it just, you know... But I think I, it's, a, it's a great element of the new game, and, it, and lo- I love the fact this comp system really does capture it. And I, I like that in Magic, to be fair. It was always one of the things I used to love doing in Magic. So it's definitely um, definitely good, I think. I think it's a, it's a nice little feature. Yeah. Um, so that's our list, really, and I think we've not really got much more to talk about. I'm going to probably talk about balling up into the middle of the table, I guess. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, having listened to that, like... Tactics definitely aren't dead for the people listening. Like we just discussed the options of lists and why you should or shouldn't taken them, 
and maneuvering and buffing and being close to or far away from units like well if that, if, yeah when we were playing at the weekend you put up a picture didn't you russ of yeah. our game and you just got a lot of abuse stick. yeah basically i put up a picture saying playing a game still looks and feels like warhammer to me um i literally just had people giving me going oh what's it gonna look like in two turns but it's all just bald in the middle grinding and blah blah it's like that for me that's what happens in 8th edition with warrior combat armies and banner of the world dragon high off buses that sit in the middle and grind for six turns but it's nothing different no i mean the thing is it doesn't i don't think it feels particularly grindy because i don't think any of our games went past like three turns no and you can leave combat yeah Exactly. You can, you can break away from combat and stop being grinders. And that's one of the things I think that you could have done differently is you didn't use that function. I don't retreat. But you could. You I went. Might, I went balls deep. That I turn it. when I did that crush and charge and tagged your flamers, I didn't wipe them out, did I? I killed like. I, I had killed, no like, to retreat to though, did I? Because the Lord of Change was stood behind them, yeah, cop blocking them in. That was the problem because you were so bunched up. But you could have retreated the Lord of Change, then retreated them. But, yeah, and the Lord of Change obviously can still cast magic, and he's not really he's not really bothered about retreating. It doesn't actually reduce his effectiveness. Obviously, yeah. I know the Flamers wouldn't shoot for a turn, but like I said to you, if you pin me in combat, the playbearers, and you just get like that whole game's worth of value of shooting. Yeah, they'll have their moments that clash where they <coughs> just shoot off entire armies. Yeah, and I think that's my biggest worry about taking the Warriors is I don't think the list is flexible enough um, to deal with with some stuff because it just doesn't have the it almost felt like there's too much combat and not enough other stuff so we'll see take some unit of archers oh yeah I could take some horrors if I was allowed to mix demons but you just take flamers <laughs> yeah true to get my, I'd just take flamers to the shot cap and then uh, take warriors uh, but hey ho um, yeah so I, I would say like the, the people are saying are oh, you ball up in the middle of the table and I think that I'm not saying that's not a valid thing, because I think a lot of people don't know enough about the game. And I, I'm not saying I'm an expert. I, I obviously, I've only played a few games. Oh, um, I learned shitloads in those three games. Yeah, well, I'm glad I was able to educate you. It was, it was still Warhammer. You still got a face on when I started double gateway and you for the four turns. The yeah, face you, definitely came out, so it was you, Warhammer. You thought, you thought so. Um, yeah, that face. And I just love the fact you were threatening to quit the game. Because it's bullshit. I did say if this is what Warhammer's <laughs> going to be like, at Clash for five rounds, I ain't going to be playing Warhammer anymore. That's all I'm going to say. Still got it. Still got it. Um, so <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, like people saying, oh, you just ball it up in the middle. Yeah, people probably have had games like that because they don't. They're not using the retreat function. They're not. They're not using the table. They're not. They're not. Um, you know. Playing the game, or they're forgetting Battle Shock, or you know, there's there's loads of stuff, you know, that I mean, like you can build armies around Battle Shock as well, like the Tomb Kings. They've got quite a way to debuff your bravery and stuff. So I think, you know, there's definitely a a game there. There's loads of options. There's loads of cool shit, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, in Clash. I, I gave Furies another look after I read about Battle Shock. Yeah, because they've got a rule that if you if a model dies. To battle shock if they're within 12 they nab another one out of the unit yeah um which is a whole model yeah so if you've got a five wound crusher 
yep. and one runs, mm-hmm. that's another whole five wound crusher runs with him. Crushers are quite hard to battle shot though, because they get um, their bravery seven, and then if they done a wound, they get burnt to bravery nine. Yeah, but you, you know what so, I mean though. Yeah, it'll yeah, be good. But, it'll yeah. be good for like bravery shocking stuff and just snagging extra models. Because that's the thing about that's why I think one of the strengths of demons and tomb kings is their bravery ten. That's why I still can't look past the tomb king army. I think the tomb king war scrolls are so strong. How good was my musician in my plague bearers? Your musician on a roll of a one is on your battle banner? shock. No, it's on the musician. Oh, no, it uh, might be the banner. Yes, the banner. Yeah, on a roll you got, of a one. You got three d six plague bearers back. You get the a d six worth of plague bearers back. Back. So you'd kill one battle shock me, and I get six models back. Yeah, and it happens with the drones as well. Like you kill one, D3 roll a d three, d three whole more drones. And it's probably you know? something we talk about Kairos really, because Kairos you can guarantee that one. Yeah, if you need, if you need it. Then you but, go. Oh, I've changed my role to a to a six. But I think what I one. said to you is that he's best used on the on the priority role. You prep a turn where you know you're going to get two turns in a row. Two turns in a row, you can unleash. guarantee it, and you just unleash yeah. the pain. Um, and that that's why I think Kairos is is going to be really really fucking good in the demon army. Who knew? To be honest, but yeah, what has uh, changed? Yeah, yeah, Kairos is still Kairos a game. Still, take, good. And still take play bearers and then take like some zinch stuff. And Epidemus is still a beast. Things are weird. Yeah, but I think um, and, and what I found as well is the armies. I'm really glad after playing with the Chaos, they felt like playing with Chaos because I was a bit worried after playing with the starter set that they felt like playing with Orcs. Yeah, well. um having getting load of models back from the demons and casting gateways it felt like demons to me i'm happy that's fine yeah for now and we'll the see. tomb kings felt like they should always feel like that they they never did play like that but now they feel feels like a tomb king army with what they should have been yeah that's good so, yeah but i think ooh. that's hello yeah sorry you said ooh no, I was just about to say, oh, we need to quickly put a shout out to the painting, not the painting, the uh, logo design. Yeah, we do, yeah. So we've had a few entries in. We've had some very good entries. Um, not going to name names or, or say what, but we've still got the competition open. So um, please get your entries in. So we're looking for sort of website um, logos, stuff that could be used on dice, t-shirts, um, sort of face hammer themed stuff. Um, and just try and impress us, really. Yeah, uh, clean lines. It's got to fit on potentially dice faces. Yeah. So and think about formatting as well and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if you can, if you if you're not sure, you want some, you want to get a bit of pointers. Um, drop us a mail at Twitter at facehammer.com. I think it is. Code.com. So yeah, drop us a mail. Uh, and ask or, tw- or at us on Twitter, um, and you know we'll get back to you if you want some advice. Um, basically, send your entries in, contact us, and yeah, still some time. So we've we've still got some time. We're probably going to wait to the end of August to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but at the moment, there is a an entry which we think is 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 the one to beat. To be honest, so there is there is definitely. Uh, some good stuff coming in, so keep it coming. Um, and I think from that, you know, just give us some feedback on the show, go on iTunes and give us a review if, if you want to. You don't have to, but be appreciated. Um, go to Element Games, buy shit, 
yep. If people like the different format shows, the painting one, etc., let us know. Give us, <coughs> give us like you're welcome to pop in questions as to if there's anything you'd like answered. How how would you do this? Or or mm. tactically, like I want to run this unit. How would it best work? Like we might be getting to the stage where that's possible. Yeah, exactly. And and like we can try and do that. And actually, I've got a question from a listener, which I just noticed. So listen to your Peyton Minnesota had a question. You mentioned mixing your base coat into washes and highlights. I was wondering about how you make sure you get the right amount while doing large units or multiple units have the same look. Are you painting one model at a time when doing this or small batches? I've already been painting for about two years. I've mixed successes with blending and mixing colours. So basically trying to get the consistency in your mixes. Um, <coughs> I'll start on here. Uh, but basically there's a couple of ways you can do it. One is ratios. So I have like a size 2 brush, which I use to put paint on my palette. So if I know that my mix is two two parts black, one part turquoise, then I mix in like half a brush dob of grey when I want to... And obviously I keep those ratios. If I want to make more of that colour, then I'll just double it or, you know, just keep the ratio the same. Again, I do a lot of it by eye as well. So once you get used to it, you can look at it and look at the colour and does it look consistent. If I've got um, <coughs> models in my army that I've painted previously, I'll have them in, ice, in in somewhere I can see while I'm painting the new model. This is a bit difficult because obviously when, if you're looking at a, 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 a blend up with a shade and a glaze, it's hard to, to know really that if it's going to be very similar. Actually, some of my warrior stuff's a bit inconsistent. Um <clears throat> but I think, um, yeah, you could also mix up mixed pots. So you could get an empty pot and mix up the colour in a large amount. If you're going to use it across the whole army, it's one of the main colours. If you're popping it in a wash or a glaze or something, the, the very short answer is a tiny bit. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a really good one. Like, you can, like a, you can always add more in the second coat if you're using any mm. type of paint that's transparent. So, um, Less is, a little bit that goes a long way. Yeah, less is safer. Yeah, so basically you just move paint around so it looks right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be uh, um, we'll be covering freehand soon with just that. Yeah, move yeah. paint around so it looks right. So yeah, so basically um, that was Derek uh, Sebastian's question. So um, Frank, yeah, hopefully that's giving you a bit of insight. I'll I'll drop him a mail back just to let him know um, to listen to this show. On uh, the Element Games tutorial section, I use a lot of washes and shit like that. Uh, if you go yeah. to any of my uh, like my speed painting demonettes one, it's probably a good example. I put a tiny bit of uh, brown in the flesh just to make them look a little bit more alive, and I carried that on through the washes. Um, so top right hand side of the website, click the painting tutorials tab, and then click the demonette one. Mm. We um we gave that a shout out your painting tutorials actually on the last on the paint show as well, so um it's it's a really good resource uh, for people who want to sort of look at some of the stuff you've done, but I think we're gonna record a show on your sort of sort of what you've been doing in your painting recently because it's quite interesting and it's yeah we could probably talk for quite a while on that and uh, yeah it's, I think I've that's spent uh, hours painting probably. Talking, talk for about 20 hours as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you'll probably find the next main show will most likely be um, Clash Lists or uh, if we've played any games and stuff like that. Um, the shows at the moment, there'll be a lot of sort of mix between hobby, uh, new releases, products, and if we've played games because basically it's just all relevant at the moment and it's all, um, it's all new. So... 
Uh, we don't want to sort of pigeonhole too much into into one subject, so they, these shows will have sort of a mixture of content going backwards and forwards, so hopefully it's all good and relevant and interesting for everyone. Yep, that's it. So, but I think that'll wrap this one up. Buy so, Retribution Armor, it's awesome. Yeah. Retribution Armor and Liberator Gold. So, that's great. Alright, well, thanks for listening, guys, and hopefully we'll have a new show out in a few weeks with some more interesting content. Mm-hmm.